With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to the middle of week. In between week six and seven, we're practically in heaven. Why? Because the football film vault is open. Sims is at the doorway with a key saying, come on in, let me teach your brain. Come on in, let me show you my closet where I watch film. (laughs) It is a closet. (laughs) It's a closet. But I've noticed... The IT office. It's not a closet. Yeah, okay. the IT room. Right. Why are you telling people? What are you doing? I'll I'll edit this out. Don't worry. I'll beep it. I'll put a bleep. Yeah, it's giving up my He's spot. hiding from people in Bleacher. Yes, I am. Yeah. Damn. Jeez. Giving up all Sorry, the secrets man. over here. I don't want to tell you where the treasure's located, but it's not under the table behind the old desk. <laughs> is that where it is? No. Oh, hey, real shocker. You're wearing a maroon hoodie, huh? Listen, man. At this point of the year, I'm about consistent greatness. Every day, right. I need to be better than my last. Right. I don't look at the win and get soft. I don't look at a loss and get overwhelmed. It's a good hoodie. Power through. It's a good hoodie. John Elway said you're soft, bro. He told John Elway is not allowed to correct anybody because he hasn't made a good decision in three years. Uh, Wow. Am I? Yeah. Find the lie. Find the lie. Yeah. What's the lie? Was Vance Joseph a good decision? That was a bad decision. Was Case Keenum working out for him? Paxton. Well, I don't blame it all on Case Keenum, but yeah. yeah. But I mean, was Malik Jackson a good decision drafting him? How about Chris Harris Jr.? That was not three years ago. No, but I'm just saying. I'm saying in the last in the last few years since the Super Bowl. Right. I I love how we get into AFC West talk for the second episode (laughs) in a row without planning this at all. Is that what happened on the Raiders on Monday? Yeah. But let's not talk about the Raiders this week. My my thing with Denver is people keep thinking that I, I heard someone talking about this on the show it might have been Francesa about how Elway settled for Keenum right no Elway signed Keenum before all the other quarterbacks went gone remember he signed him before Kirk Cousins before the Alex Smith thing happened right he's like I got my guy Case Keenum yeah I'm gonna put a little bit on the feet of Case Keenum yeah I hear you but hear when you. you allow 200 yards rushing right. I'm not gonna put it on that and he's got Chad Kelly as his backup no but the Vance Joseph thing nah. yes he does you're right uh, we'll see. I, don't, I mean, do, I you, are, do you think Chad's ready to play? Because the crowd went nuts when he came in. I, I know they did. Didn't yeah, I text were, you? I texted you like it's Chad Kelly time. I texted you at the same it. time. I was like, yeah. Chad Kelly. I, I mean, I think he's ready. I do. I mean, I wow. think he knows that if there's a few more games like we saw, that he's going to get a shot. He's, I had your breakdown queued up and ready to go from August. But hey. then he came in, took a knee, and it was halftime, so I had nothing to do. He's got ability. There's no doubt about it. And he's fearless. Those are two And he picks. has Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, Cortland Sutton. Right. Cortland Sutton's a right. baller. All right. Uh, hey. Hey. Chirp, 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 chirp. Hey. Don't even start. Don't even start. Are you going to go to the Super Bowl again? Oh. 
What the, the birds are telling us? Oh, that the we're birds gonna... are telling us we got a bird at the Super Bowl. Everybody should come. Do you want to give any information? <laughs> no, just that the birdies are talking to us. Oh, what are the birdies saying, Josh? <laughs> the birdies are saying we might be going to Atlanta what, for the Super Bowl. What's your we're little... going to Atlanta for the Super Bowl, and we're going to be there all the time during the week. And, and I really and people, to if they Atlanta. want to come hang out, they should come hang out. And like me and Josh are sitting in rooms thinking, okay, Tuesday night, should we bring out a laptop and have Sims break down film in front that of everybody? That would be fun. Oh, okay, well, that's Wednesday, cool. should we like just do trivia with all the home? that come out right yeah because look uh, the way that we're kind of looking at it right now is we have a job to do we have players to interview we're going to do that all week but we're trying to come up with stuff that if you guys make the trip to atlanta we're going to hang out with you and and like i really want to bring a laptop up there and projector it up and go okay here's what happened in the afc championship game yeah here's what happened in the nfc championship game watch film with sims okay that's one thing we want to do. That's cool. You like, I like that? that? I do like that. I I'm like that like... I'm pitching you live for the first time. Right <laughs> I know. Thank you. Yes. Nothing like putting me on the spot. Good old left coast style. Can I hear a bird sound from you, though? Do you have a chirp from you? Hello, birdie. Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. Hi, little birdie. Oh, I love when he stoops down to our level. The Super Bowl? You want to talk about Atlanta? Okay, little birdie. <laughs> All right. I'm uh, Simpson Lefko Fantasy League got yeah. the win. Boom. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Thank Boom. you. So now we're at three and three. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and my trade is looking a lot better with Devontae Freeman going on IR. Good job. Looks like we really dodged a bullet on we that did, one. We did. won fantasy in the first quarter the other night. It was over. Oh, yeah. It Aaron was like Rogers f- was seven minutes into the game. We oh, just because his yeah. few, the few he big threw, throws yeah, there. A couple yeah. big throws, a touchdown, we were good to go. Is that right? It was over. Yeah, I didn't Thank really know God. our status going into our the game. Our opponent also didn't start someone in his flex position, so yeah, like that he just helped didn't us. Start but stupid little opponent. Yep. Um, and then today, though, what was really funny is Aaron Rodgers is on a bye. Damn. And Sims has told me that we're not allowed to play Blake Bortles. <laughs> so I go, okay, Sims, here are the options. CJ, Be- It's a 14-team league. Right. CJ Beathard against the Rams. Eli against the Falcons. Good matchups. And he goes, ugh, neither. And I go... No, no, Sims, we have to I play somebody. I think he said somebody. he'd rather not play someone. And just yeah, have no, our... His direct quote was... another receiver? And then I said, well, we could do Dak against Washington. And he goes, I'd rather lose than have any of them on our team. And I go, <laughs> no, like the point of fantasy is to win. And so he goes, fine, Eli, ugh, damn. Which leads me to this point. Yes. I am not letting Eli come out of here with any win. So he's playing Atlanta on Monday night. Yeah. Eli should have the breakout game Monday night. This should be the Eli game. Yeah. Odell Beckham should go off. All of the problems are erased. It's a 30 to 27 shootout and the the Giants offense is back and they're coming off a Thursday night game so they got 11 days to prepare. Eli is supposed to make me look stupid this week and put up 300 yards and three touchdowns. There's a good chance he will. So if he does not egg on my face, egg on your face. But if he doesn't, now we really it's got over. a problem. Right? Like, if Eli doesn't put up yards against the Falcons on 11 days rest with their backs against the wall facing the worst pass defense in the NFL other than maybe the Buccaneers. But Who also are coming up on his schedule. Right. So, like, Eli should put together back-to-back great weeks. Right. He should. He should. If he doesn't. Uh-oh. Kai. Yeah, you're right. It's at the Falcons, Redskins at home, bye week, 49ers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, so, 49ers too. I know. They're 25th in the league in passing. So, yeah, you got issues there. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying I am predicting an Eli resurgence 
and everyone's going to be like, oh, all the haters, see, you're an idiot. It's supposed to happen. Let's get ahead of this. I hope Eli calls you out in the media. That's all I want. After he goes for 400 yards. That's and all I want. I want Lisa downs. Salters being like, Eli, a lot of people in the media. This is my Lisa Lef- Salters. Left code. I mean, he knows. Eli is like, uh, he's like Jay-Z. He's not going to get into petty rap battles with somebody like you, man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, who, who was the one Jay-Z said he wouldn't get into the battle with a few years back? I can't remember. I'm not going to fucking help you. <laughs> You're not going to help me make Can you do that? your Lisa Salters impression again? I, I think that know. was 10. Tessator, but it like, it was like sideline reporter. It was like if Tessator was inside of a tunnel. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Uh, I got some bad news. Hmm. The bad news is that you didn't break any news. And the reason you didn't break any news is Matt Simmons didn't get signed by the Niners. Yeah. Instead, they signed Tom Savage. Right. However, in the press release that came out, right. it did say that Matt Sims impressed the 49ers coaches, huh. according to some reporters. Oh, okay. And it came down to him versus Tom Savage. Right. And the difference was Tom Savage played last right. year. Yeah. I mean, Matt's never been getting, Matt can't ever play. Nobody will give How him a shot. How is a quarterback so. supposed, it's like the question for like kids right. out of college. Right. We're looking for someone experienced. How am I supposed to get experience if right. I'm never getting a chance? I know. It's tough. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's the reality is of the situation. Okay? I haven't even talked to him. I didn't really even have the guts to call him. Yeah, I, I had a feeling. It Matt, was, if you're listening, I love you and fuck them. <laughs> I had Except a feeling. I had a feeling it was coming. Uh, and uh, yeah, I didn't even have the heart. I just was like, gosh, I'll just let him find out on himself. But I'm sure he's. Yeah, he's. I'm sure he's disappointed. He's. Um, he's so, better than the options in Buffalo. He's still working really hard and doing his best and keeping the dream alive. And we'll see. I mean, you know, hey, people forget. You know, uh, people didn't think Rich Gannon was good until he was about 29 years old. And then really? He was like, yeah, Rich Gannon wasn't on a team until he was like 29. How did that happen? Because there's a lot of idiots in the NFL. But how did he finally get a chance? He begged the Kansas City Chiefs, and he knew the quarterback coach there, which I can't think of at the time. Might have been, I don't think it was Paul Hackett then. Okay. But he called and begged and begged, and they finally brought him in to some spring training and mm. things like that. And he impressed them and made the roster, and then he finally got some chances. Those stories are always wild. Yeah. There's the Chiefs of the Vikings. Maybe I'm a little off on my facts there, but something like that. He was uh, he was with the Vikings through the 1992 season. Right. Played in Washington in 93. Okay. And then didn't play in 94, and then played for the Chiefs in 95. There you go. So it was the Chiefs who he – that's who I'm thinking of. So he had there. And what year was he in 92? Like, Do you say how old he was? Uh, 92. I could figure it out. Give me a sec. Yeah. Do that math. You're not yeah. real good at math, though. You're good at a lot, I'm, a lot of I'm things. I'm awful at math. Yeah. I'm really bad at it. I can't add. I can't look at numbers and figure it out fast. Seriously? Just, yeah. Go yeah, for another he topic. Can. I can't add. It's unbelievable. Haven't you like, not I noticed? I can't do it. Like, he can't well, do no, it quick quicker. in his head. Like, when we do our bets or anything like that, he messes them up. Are weekly. you good at multiplication tables? I mean, like, when they did that in elementary school and they do, like, a timed thing, how'd you finish? I was fine at that because that I could memorize. I could go home and be oh, like, what a cheater. two times two, four times four. I was like the basic whiz. multiplication. Yeah, like what's twelve times eleven? Oh, that I couldn't do in my head. Well, wow. it would be one hundred and forty-four minus twelve, so it would be <laughs> it would be one hundred thirty-two. Even that though it took you yeah, two hours because I have you to got think about two it. you got two paths to think so about. Step it. back. Yeah. Wow. I had to take an extra hitch step before I gave we the answer. Found, I was we have found Josh's expert. I was bigger than you earlier. Oh yeah, you probably were. I'm saying my at my early age. Like, I knew multiplication tables at, like, kindergarten, and my parents were, and my mom, so she's like, oh, my gosh, I have a really smart kid. And then, <laughs> Little did she know. Little Here did we she are know. now. And you know the only reason I was good at multiplication? 
like, but this, of course, not the big numbers, but because of football. I knew if he scored scored four touchdowns, he had 28 points. Uh, and I was very – So you had worked on seven. I had worked threes. on all that. Right. So I was like, oh, okay, I got this. This multiplication. And I remember, like, the first time my kindergarten teacher went through things, and I was like, 24, 20. Yeah. And they were looking at me, and I was like – And they oh. were like, why are you yelling? Yeah. We're in school. <laughs> uh, what's funny – Cannon would have been 27. Wow. 27. Yeah, that's up there, there for a go. young kid. Yeah, yeah, twenty-seven. Yeah. So my multiplication story is also a lesson of not everything is great to hold on to. Sometimes mm. you should enjoy it in the moment. No, he would have been thirty. Sorry, that was ninety-five. Sorry, God, that his was math 92. sucks. Nineteen ninety-five. He would have been thirty. So third grade, I had Mrs. <laughs> Brady, and every Friday they give us a multiplication timed, and if you finished in the top three, you got to pick a Jolly Rancher. I want to tell you, I never <laughs> didn't finish in the top three. I was like. Like, I would, like, knock people's pencils. I was like, I'm finishing this. And what I would do is I'd only take – what Jolly Rancher would you pick and what Jolly Rancher do you think I picked? All right. I would definitely take Cherry. I knew you were a Cherry. Yeah, and you're definitely a sour apple guy. thousand percent. A hundred percent. What are you? I feel like he's a purple. I can't believe I got that. But I, you're a, such a sour apple guy. I love sour Oh, apple. my gosh. It's like I got ten apples in my mouth at one time. <laughs> I'll be honest, not a huge suck candy guy. I never really had Jolly Ranchers. All right. Wasn't really into it. Wait what the fuck is wrong with you? A, lo- a lot of things, clearly. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't, didn't really, yeah. So I had a box on my desk, and every time I want a sour apple a Jolly Rancher, I put it in that box. And I, would, and I said, you know what? I'm going to save this for the summer. So that when I'm like, were you free, deprived of candy in the Lefko house? I mean, you guys we didn't don't look like you were that deprived. All right, chill. Okay. <laughs> so I'll never forget the last day of school. Everyone's getting ready to leave, and I pop open the box and I go, "I'm gonna have one of these just to." And, and I also wanted to just stunt on all the other kids in the class and be like, "Remember all those candies I won?" And it was filled like to the brim. Like there were big ones and small ones and all that. And I reached in and I saw a little bit of the tail sticking out. And I went and I grabbed it and I pulled it. And they all came up. And all 80 of them came up in one solid block. Gosh. And that's when I learned, you know, don't save the best piece of your food for the last bite. It's going to be cold. Right. Yeah. Eat I, it right away. Enjoy it. You didn't just chip away at it? Oh, I told that story before. Them? You, I've heard you tell me before. I've yeah. never heard but that. But you had sour apple written all over you. Uh, to make me happier after that story, uh, Blake Jarwin has one catch, and we've been reached back out to by the Wood Rage Master, I believe oh, it is. Oh, what's he got to 30, say? 30? I Master. thought about him because he uh, should have caught that ball the other yes. day in the game. And so we are on pace to one of the amazing Sims and Lefko faithful shaving his eyebrows for the podcast. He sent us a picture of his face with both eyebrows. Great. Yeah. But so they're still there. Okay. And that's probably, we should probably make sure we can get him to Atlanta and have him do that there. Ooh. That would, a little birdie told me we should get well, him there. A little birdie can't be paying for people to fly to Atlanta. <laughs> to but if you're their there, to do it live would be amazing. Uh, so Bill Belichick was uh, at the podium today. Yeah. And someone's like, you're playing Khalil Mack. And, you know, you coached Lawrence Taylor. And, and you know, he was pretty darn amazing. And, you know, what do you think of comparing the two? And oh, I got to find it. Go ahead. And he... Said, Why did it come prepared? Wait, this. We're talking about Lawrence Taylor now. Oh. No, wait a minute. We're talking about Lawrence Taylor now. Yeah, I'm not putting anybody in Lawrence Taylor's class. So, you put everybody down below that. that. That's with a lot of respect to a lot of good players now, but we're talking about Lawrence Taylor. So, Bell, Bill says, I'm not putting anybody in Lawrence Taylor's class. This level. guy, man. And I love that. Yeah. So, first, what does that make you think? Well, 
That's his guy, like I said. I mean, there's no Bill Belichick without the unleashing of Lawrence Taylor, right? I mean, that's how part of who Bill became is because he had this 3-4 defense and they had this freaky outside linebacker that changed the game of football as we know it. First, can you compare Khalil Mack and Lawrence Taylor? Are they a little bit closer than he's saying? Um, Yeah, they're a little closer than they're saying. I think the big thing is he's saying is Lawrence Taylor was 30 years ahead of his time, right? There's like there was nobody in football like Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor has the same size as a Khalil Mack, but 30 years ago, and he's faster than Khalil Mack. There's no, there's not even close in that. December department. 31st, 2014, Bill Belichick compared Jamie Collins to Lawrence Taylor. August 4th, 2015, Belichick said Willie McGinnis, like Lawrence Taylor, was smart, tough, but always had extra in the tank in critical situations. Okay, but he's not December 9th, he's Lawrence Taylor. 2015, Belichick compares J.J. Watt to LT. Quote, mm. he's pretty special. In the same general category as LT. Oh, I do think that... We're not they, letting Bill Belichick slide on this one. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, and, and I, you know, he's trying to give respect to, to Khalil Mack. This is the first time, though, like two, like a few weeks ago, he right. said that Blake Bortles is like Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton. He always builds up the opponent. That, he, this he, was the first time where he went, no. Right. You're right. It is. I was kind of surprised. That's the first thing I thought of, that he's like not... He usually goes out of his way to praise the other guy, praise the other team. They do you do think he so doesn't good. praise people if he really wants his team to have confidence against them? Yeah, maybe. There could be something there to that. I do think, you know, he holds Lawrence in a very high regard. I think he I, I think, you know, I've heard him talk about this. He w- he thinks like that those defenses back in that day, and I think he thinks the upper echelons of defenses, and because there was no salary cap there was a lot more talent concentrated on certain teams, oh, yeah. right? Where it's like the old Celtics, right? Like there was no free like agency. He, like he would tell you, like the you know, team. or or the '86 Giants. Like Lawrence is a Hall of Famer. He thinks Carl Banks should be a Hall of Famer. The other outside linebacker, mm. you know, Harry Carson is a middle linebacker Hall of Famer. You know, Pepper Johnson. Like in Bill's eyes, like those those defenses don't exist anymore. That doesn't mm. exist to have that type of talent on the field. Uh, let alone with guys like Leonard Marshall at D-line, who he looks at as like a Hall of Fame five-technique defensive tackle. I've heard Bill talk about that before. Have you heard Bill talk about LT before? I can't say that I have. I bet you Big Phil. That's something we should ask Big Phil later on. 100%. I think the thing that's the biggest thing there, and and you have to remember this, this we had never seen a guy like Lawrence Taylor come to the NFL. Dad will tell you he saw Lawrence Taylor at 6'3", 255, run 4'5", on grass, in person. Person. So to run that on grass too, that's like ridiculous. And you know, you to, to add to that story, like two tight end sets and double teaming, you know, with a tight end and a tackle was invented in football yes. because of Lawrence Taylor, because of Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs basically said, I give up. I'm not putting my left tackle on Lawrence Taylor anymore one-on-one. And we've talked about this. Bill Walsh invented the athletic left tackle or the guard that pulls out to the left. Sure. Like, it, it, it... necessitated speed and good feet on the offensive line because before that they were all road graders yeah uh i have a question for you okay broncos cardinals thursday night broncos are desperate for a win yeah cardinals are desperate as a franchise right and von miller came out and said this i wouldn't say it's a must win (coughs) sorry but we're gonna kick their ass 
make sure you put that up there this week. Thursday night primetime, they're going to get the Broncos best. And he continued, um, this week's totally different. We're going to go out there and kick their ass. Yeah. That's the way I'm feeling. Yeah. We always hear about bulletin board material. Yeah. One, is there an actual bulletin board? There is. So in locker rooms, there's a place that's a bulletin board. Yeah, I mean... Uh, is it at Thumbtacks? Some of them did, yes. Or it could just be a wall. Yeah, they, they would might maybe place up the articles or certain quotes. And so, second question. Yeah. They would put up articles and quotes from other teams? Definitely. That would definitely go on in a locker so room. So when there's bulletin board material, there's actually a bulletin board that has material. Yeah, not in every locker room. But the other thing that goes on, if it's not in the locker room, like... A position coach is going to show it somewhere down the line. Like the, the offensive line coach. I figure is gonna, they'd put it up on the he's screen. He's going to put it on his big screen or his, you know, what's the thing that takes the picture and throws projector? Projector. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Can't add, but I know about projectors. Well, I'll say he added this yeah. too. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody in the league that can block me and Bradley Chubb, especially not the Cardinals. Ooh, that's, that's definitely going to make the bulletin board in the offensive line room. So, one, I've already asked you, is there a bulletin board? Two, do they put material? Yeah. Three, does. It's fascinating to me. Right. Millions of dollars go to these athletes. Yeah. They know this is their job. They're going to go out there. They're going to play. But could a quote like this genuinely make people play harder? It's a game that's so close and the talent level so close between the greatest linebacker and the linebacker who's just a starter and not that great in our eyes. You know, that star that we've elevated onto a pedestal. Yeah, it, it's. I guess what I'm trying to say is every, everybody's looking for their own little advantage. They certainly are. But does this create an advantage? Do you think that the Cardinals will play better because Von Miller's comments piss them off? I think that they will pay attention to little details and little things like that to go, damn, I don't want this guy's, uh, you know, his, what am I saying? He's telling in the future his proclamation yes. to come true. Uh, on TV, it's made national news, and it'd be on me. So I do think, yes, that plays into a part of it. You know, again, these That's are humans; so they're competitive. I like that Bob Miller did this. I I think that uh, some people are going to say, "Why would you give the Cardinals a lot of credit? Like, why would you give them motivation?" I think the the Broncos need to believe in something. Exactly, they don't care anymore. He's two, they're two and four. They've been beaten down the last two weeks. Yes, and he's the leader of the football team. He's the highest paid guy in the locker room. And this is his job. And he's finally putting you know, a flag down in the middle of their locker room like, hey, fuck off. I'm going to put the my nonsense. name on it. Right. I'm putting my name on it. So you think Jump this... on my back and let's go and let's put our best effort out so this So you week. think this emboldens maybe both teams. I do. I do. I think especially when he says what he said about those tackles. Yeah. That's going to – and that will, that will also enrage David Johnson who's going to go, oh – you're going to talk crap about my tackle. I'm chip the Wait shit till you out see of you. that chip I give you in your kidney later on in the fourth quarter. Or uh, it's going to. I'm thrilled because that. this was the worst Thursday night matchup yeah. maybe of the season, and I'm still going to watch it because it's my job. Right. And I'm happy that this is happening. That between that and then didn't Wilk say on like Sunday night or Monday like he made a comment like we, we need to play like we're going to be fired if we lose this game. Yeah. So yeah, there's true I wish desperation. Vance That'll be fun. Vance, Vance Joseph said we're a broken record. Oh, that was Elway. We're a broken record. Was Gruden a big bulletin board material coach? Uh, yeah, he would. If if something like that happened, and I can't say that I can think of a specific event, but he would bring it up in a team meeting to be like, 
we can't get away with this guy saying this. Or we gotta we gotta do something to show this guy we mean business or whatever it may be. And then my other question would be: Did anyone when you were in pa- in the Patriots? Did anyone ever talk trash about the Patriots ever? Nope. That's the thing is the Patriots don't have any bulletin board. Yeah, no need for a bulletin board. The Patriots don't do any of that. I mean, you can't even talk to the the Patriot players aren't even allowed to talk to the other team before the game. The coaches aren't allowed to talk to the other team. You mean like There's, when I see them talking to each other yeah, on the field? Yeah, like the Patriot players don't do that. You know, if you went and watched a warm up, a pregame warm up, you would see definitely less conversations cross team going on. In a pregame warm-up with the New England Patriots and any other team. I can still remember my first time. I, I just remember when I walked out to New England in 2005 and played them in a regular season in the pregame warm-ups, I was like, whoa, this is all business. Like, there, there, there's no, like, Bill came over and said hello to me. He but, did? Yeah, Bill came over. Timeout. Yeah. So you, are you starting? Yeah, I'm starting, right. And you're the starting quarterback, and Bill Belichick. And I'm throwing routes to, you know, I'm in the middle of the field, and I'm starting to throw routes to guys on the field. I'm throwing slants and comebacks and doing all that. And I, he's, I could see him. Of course, I'm looking for Bill Belichick. He's built, he's just won three Super Bowls. And <laughs> I, I, I could see him watching me warm up. So I'm like, damn, Bill's watching me. I mean, better, better throw this damn I was going to say, did you throw differently? Of course, yes. I was, I was ready for my A game anyways. New England is in the pantheon of places now. Yeah, I don't care. After the history they have had, they're up there, the Lambeau Field, whatever it mm. may be. Foxborough, It's, it's yeah. become that special. And he then, I threw a few, and then, you know, you let your backup throw a few, whatever. And I walked around, and he came up to me, and it was just like, hey, it's good to see you. I'm proud of you. You know, you're playing great. Um, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Hope you're good. Good luck today. And then uh, walked away. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And then I got my ass beat. <laughs> I mean, that was that was purple, that was purple balls game. That was when Vince Wilfork hit you right in the Yeah, I mean, that was the game. You need to go back and watch that just to get enjoyment. If you want to like be like, man, I if wish I'm I could angry kick the you crap one at day. Sims. Right. Yeah. Like, let me watch somebody else kick the Because Richard Seymour hit me a few oh, times in that game. And, you know, part of the reason I lost my spleen is because I thought I was like, you know. You play like Carson Wentz. I thought I was, yeah, I thought I was Captain America. I thought okay. I was just going to be like, oh, I just, Gruden used to call me Big Soldier. Hey, don't big soldier, because he knew I didn't give a shit. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna. If he's open. I'm gonna throw it. I don't give a fuck who hits me. Bring Is it. Is that why Eli frustrates you so much? Of course, because yeah. that's great. Quarterbacks don't do that. Like Tom Brady doesn't do that. He's yeah. and here he's a 41. He's still doing the same crap. But I, Richard Seymour, hit me so flush a few times in those games. And Richard Seymour is, is in that Calais Campbell, yes. Julius Peppers. Like, holy crap, this is Richard Seymour. Like. He hit Julius me, Peppers. and I swear I was doing like figure skating sideways like rolls in the air, like, and I would I would throw a ball, and I'd be like, "Damn, I threw that ball over there in the corner of the room, and I'm on the other corner of the room now." Like he fuck killed me. We should was, get this game film. You need to look at it. It's the only game ever that I swear that I ever played where in the fourth quarter I was going, "I'm sore already." <laughs> like I usually don't happen until the next morning, but I was going, "Damn, I'm sore." And because I took some big hits, and again, New England is always bigger than people realize. Like, yes, like I've told you. And yeah, you we know. always think their jerseys make them look smaller. Right. They're not. Dante Hightower is six four two seventy. You know, people think it's like he's a two hundred and thirty pound linebacker, mm-hmm. which is incredible because Gronk looks enormous in that jersey. He does look enormous. He's that the tallness sticks out on him for some it reason. Does. I don't know. I guess it's that position too because he has safeties covering him, so you get mm. to see the difference there. What was the point of this story? 
Uh, Belichick talking to you, uh, bulletin board material. Oh, yes. Right. But no, New England was never into bulletin board material. Never into any of that. Chipotle, Chipotle burp. Yeah, he ate like 20 minutes ago. Sorry. You guys lost 28-0. 28 nothing. 28 nothing. I, I, I was going to ask. I got the box score. No, no. Up. So, I yeah, mean, what did Sims it was do? a closer 28 0 than you, you think. Were, uh, That's a typical Patriots game. It is. It was like, you were 21 for 34, 155 yards, oh. no touchdowns, oh. no picks. No picks, though. Uh, rushed, rushed once for negative one yards, <laughs> and you fumbled twice. Oh. Well, I did. That was the biggest play of the game. The fumble. Um, the fumble. So, uh, First of all, I would like to play some blame on Joey Galloway. He probably dropped like the three biggest passes of the game. Sorry, Joey, throwing yep. it under the bus there. It's 12, 13 years later. You can deal with it. Uh, so that was big. Um, I graded out as playing a really good football game. I mean, I was, I was obviously, yeah, yeah, I was obviously under duress, but that was the biggest play. The game was, I believe, like 13 nothing, maybe. It was 7 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Right. And then it was 21 nothing at halftime. Uh, yeah, they scored two touchdowns. We kept uh, moving into field goal position, and that gets sacked, and we had a punt, and ugh. we pinned them down, and we did all that. So it's 14 nothing, and it's we're going on a two-minute drive at the end of the first half, and I'm going. Oh, and you fumbled with 52 seconds left. And, and we got them. We got them. It's like, what do you mean? I mean that I know what blitz they're bringing, and we had a play all week for this blitz, and we're going to gash them. What was em. the play? And Brontosaurus, my right tackle— Kenyatta Walker. We called him Brontosaurus because he was, he was big body, little brain. We called him Brontosaurus. <laughs> and Land before we time. had a bang R call. It's called bang R, which meant he had to bump out to the next guy, which was Willie McGinnis in this case. So he'd push this guy, but extend to he the He had next to go level. out there. We were going to basically move that whole right side of the offensive line. Go one guy out. Because gotcha. we know what blitz they're bringing. Let the right guard pick him up. You get the guy on the Exactly outside. right. And... He didn't get the check, and I dropped back, and I got Michael. We got we're gonna screw. I think it was Teddy Bruschi one on one with Michael Pittman, like no Kansas better City guy Chief to style, screw. like go right up the field on him. Like he thinks we're gonna run a little option route, and it's gonna be him and nobody in the middle of the field. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. He's wide, <laughs> fumble. They pick it up, run it for a touchdown. Game no, over. They, Who uh, hit you? They, oh, they, go, they run it back. They run it to like the, what, the 10, the 12? Uh, yeah, Brady ran three plays, and then David Givens caught the touchdown. Oh, man. They, they shredded our Tampa 2 that day. I know that. Who hit you on that? I think it was Willie McGinnis. Mm. Pretty sure. What's it like getting hit by him? Oof. They're, they're like, again, one of those teams. Like, when I walked out on the field. Steroids? No. Okay. Just giant men. I was joking. Giant men. Giants. They were giants. Yeah. That's where I was like, you know, again, I've told this story a lot. Where Where's Teddy Bruschi in the all-time linebackers? I mean, I don't think he's an all-time great. He's a Patriots legend. He yeah. was an awesome player on a you know a really good team. I don't think anybody would go like he's top 20 all-time or anything like that. Man. No, Man. but he was just such a, a face for they that team. They had such a beat on us, Lefko, which they did even against Kansas City the other night where there was a few times where – we had the right protection, and we thought the blitz was coming this way. And just as soon as I said, I was getting blue 85, blue 85, laser, laser. We got it all picked up. Blue 85, set. As soon as I was getting ready to say set hut, they switched. They backed out and brought the blitz to the other side. And it was a teaching moment for us because we, yeah. Look, I think of it like this, and I'm going to get to the next topic here, but I remember when I covered Louisville when they won the national championship. 
And the thing that they did that messed everybody up was they played one defense in a 35-second shot clock, yeah. and then at 10 seconds, they, they switched to else. a different defense. That's right. I remember that. And I would just I would laugh because I'd be sitting there front row going, watch, watch them shit their pants. Mm-hmm. Because they're playing a matchup zone that has certain principles, and they're finding the lanes, and then that 10 would hit in your face man-to-man. Right. And that's the way I look at the Patriots defense. It's 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 show you something yeah. and then completely change it up. Exactly. And right. it could be that simple. Yeah. Uh, speaking of changing it up, should the Cowboys trade for Amari Cooper? Ooh. I do think the Raiders should trade Amari Cooper. I think it's done there. Do you think that people should trade for Amari Cooper? Yeah, but I would say buyer beware. I don't know what Amari Cooper is right now. And you know, I was a huge Amari Cooper fan coming out. How could out. you not be? Yeah. Um, you know, I thought there was a lot of special things about him. But are you noticing stuff on the game film? Like, what are you noticing about the way that they use him? Because sometimes that you can see him playing. Yeah, go, oh, they're not trying to feature him. I know they're not trying to feature him. I, I would argue that they try to feature Martavis Bryant a hair more than they do him. Now he's still in some first read of certain plays and things like that. And one of the first passes of the game the other night, he caught a deep cross, but it, the Raiders had a holding penalty. It gets called back. He's still a part of the offense, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think over the inconsistencies of the last two years, some of the drops, um, some of the moments of disappearing within the offense itself, I just know John Gruden. I know that's going to frustrate him, let alone a guy that I feel like he probably cannot make a personal uh, connection exactly with. Exactly right. I don't think he can. And I think that's a flaw. And that's going to scare coaches about Amari Cooper. Amari, it's all cool and stuff to act like Amari Cooper does when you're the man and you're catching 100 balls like he did the first year and he went for 1,000 yards and then the second year was really special too. But as soon as that falls off and you're acting like that guy, no one knows how to read you. No one knows if you're taking the coaching, the communication. He has a weird way. We've seen it. and So you hear what we're getting here, Josh? Right. As a wide receiver, you can't be too loud and you can't be too quiet. Yep. you got to be just, just, right. Just, just right. Just in the middle. So I don't know what I would say what about to the, the Cowboys, Cowboys there. Though? I know they certainly need it. I do know that. Um, if it was for the right price, I would take the chance. For What's the, the right Cowboys. price? I would say like a fourth rounder. And there's no way the Raiders are taking a fourth Probably rounder. Probably not. I'm not giving him a first. I don't think I'm giving him a second. There's too many unknowns about Amari Cooper at this point. Amari Cooper is the Kawhi Leonard of the NFL. Yeah. Except he didn't have the MVP campaign, right. and he's not on any all-NBA team, all-NFL team. Right. But, but other than that. Other than that. There's you know. potential there, and I wouldn't be shocked if he went somewhere, and all of a sudden we said, damn, he's he's a new guy. Do you think it's a little bit like Kawhi Leonard, where maybe he's best being a number three on a team? And not having the pressure of being the guy? He could be. He could be that d- type of demeanor type of guy that maybe he can't handle. I don't think so, though. I think he wants to be the guy. I think you need to make him the guy mm. and make him really feel that way and go out of your Is way. Is his talent of, still there? It's still good. I don't think he's quite as explosive as he was the first two years, maybe. I don't understand what's happening. I don't know either. I don't know what to tell you. What? Just wild that three years ago it was Derek Carr, Khalil Mack, and Amari Cooper for the next decade. And right now it's kind of Derek Carr. That was a – I mean, he can't even do anything. That was a dumpster fire of a game. I mean, I I only watched the offensive side of the film. If you want to just talk about that real quick, I mean, that was was like fear for your life, Derek Carr. The Raiders' offensive line is atrocious. 
With now Osemele not in there at left guard, and our man Brandon Parker at right tackle, who has some potential, but they were in over their head to an extent. That was, I thought I would not see a bigger ass whooping than the Ravens on the Titans. The biggest ass whooping on the weekend on an offensive defensive line matchup was the Seattle Seahawks whooping the crap out of the Ravens. So the Ravens sacked Mariota 11 times, right. and, and you're telling me that Seattle's D-line beat up the Raiders' O-line worse? I think so. Yeah. It was like, it was a free-for-all. Every play. I saw Frank Clark was in there all the time. They all. It was like a party at Derek Carr. Let's meet there, and we'll talk about it later. I mean, it was every play. They had no chance. Run game the same. The... Seattle Seahawks are intriguing because there's two things going on. We talked about their run game last week, how it's legit, and you saw again they dominated in the run game once again with a stable of running backs. But I think the thing that's intriguing to me is like some of these young unknowns are starting to show what their talent is with Seattle. You know, again, who? who? Well, I'll get to you in a second. I'll, I'll tell you who. But like, you know, like I'll say this even like. To Derwin James, and we know we're going to talk about it, but sometimes when you're young and you're thinking a lot, you can't let your true ability come to the top yet because you're thinking, and you just can't go like, oh, I'm going to fly over here and make the tackle or do this because you're going, man, coach told me to do this gap and then do this kind of move with my hands, and it has to kind of become not a thought before you can really unleash your ability. Sure. So guys like, I mean, you know Nazir Jones, who was good last year. Yes. He's phenomenal still. Um, the Brandon Jackson kid. Out of Texas Tech, number 93 for their football team. He's been in the rotation, but now he's 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 made plays and games the last three weeks in a row where I go, damn, this kid is like, he's a player. This is not just like, hey, we're trying to spell our guys for five minutes. Um, Big Pona from Texas. You P- like Pona? P- Puna Ford. Pona Ford. Yeah. Pona Ford's balling. Really? I mean, he's a big Pona. He's a big ball of Pona. It's unbelievable. And he's six. What is Buna? He's six foot three oh five. Wow! But he's a good athlete. He's immovable. And when he gets off a block and has to chase a Derek Carr, or whatever, like Derek Carr is like, damn, I'm not running away from this guy. Him, you know, Shamar Steven. I'm not saying he's one of the what young guys. Jerron Reed. Jerron Reed is good. Yes. So and Frank Clark is a Frank stud. Clark is a real stud, and he dominated in this game in a lot of plays. But yeah, those guys right there. Uh, Were you more impressed impressive. with Seattle or more disappointed with the Raiders? I guess more dis- disappointed with the Raiders. I guess it was a they had no chance in that game. They looked like and again I didn't That's watch. Why the they other were a left lock? Were they? Seattle is <laughs> good yeah. job. What? You're lying. No, it no, was. they were oh, okay. But like for me taking credit about left go locks is absurd. Well, you went two for two, right? Uh, two and two, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, isn't that good? Ah. Uh, uh, uh. Damn, if a guy gave you two locks a week. No, I went two and two. I understand, but you still gave two locks. I mean, when the fuck did you become like like the teller of the future? Like this is like really actually makes me feel good. This is good. Yeah, keep yeah, this going. Please. This will be good for Lefko's confidence. Yeah, I, I mean two and two. I would like if people got two and two, and then you go, okay, he gave me four games, and I know two of them are going to be right. Let me see if I can listen and dig through some information and maybe do some of my own thought here, and I'll figure out which two make the sense. Can you imagine if Sims was a character in the Bleach Report Instagram comments? Where I it's wish like everyone Sims... crushing you, and then he just comes in. And he's like, "Guys, cut him some slack. He went two and two. I want him to be like Clippy. 
that night that 19 microsoft 95 yeah, oh that shows off so like microsoft you write Word. like a negative comment like screw you Lefko, and like sims pops up it's like hey asshole do your own homework do your own research big phil's good for five o'clock nice okay. seattle has the bye and then they go to detroit home against the chargers Ooh. to the rams and then home against green bay the biggest thing for them is the rams I mean, yeah. to lose that, like, they need to fight for their own division, but I don't think they can come back. Oof. Yeah. No, they're not going to win the division. Look, their Seattle's whole thing is wild go, card. Yes, and it's they're not getting card. that either. So, we'll see. They're not out of that. Why are you saying they're not going to get that? Uh, because I think that they're not going to have a better re- record than the Saints or the Panthers. I don't think they're going to have a better record than the Vikings, Packers, or Bears. Well, I think the Saints right now are going to be the number two seed. I mean, I yeah. feel like, all right, so, so it's I would come put, to the Panthers, I would put Bears, all those type of teams. Panthers, Bears, Vikings, Packers, whatever doesn't win the North. All right, that's cool. They get to play the Vikings and the Panthers, so that's what's cool here. Where are those games? Uh, they are at Carolina, and they are home against Minnesota. They also play Green Bay at home. Mm. So it'll be interesting, and you know, yeah, we'll see. They're they're definitely an intriguing team to me right now. That's Especially turning the corner. Yes, they're turning the corner, which is really cool. And I think that we bagged on them before, but I got we got to give them a little credit. We yeah. got to give them credit. We got to give a credit to John Schneider. He's built. He's building back this team. It's going in the right direction. And Pete Carroll for having the wherewithal to get rid of a Daryl Bevel and go with the new attitude on the offensive side of the ball. All that. I'm things. not going to get this high on the Seahawks. Yeah. They just played the Oakland Raiders yeah, I in know. London. I know. Like, I yeah yeah I, I I understand. Something else, another weird question. So we did bulletin board material. Should you trade Amari Cooper, a Khalil Mack, all that stuff? People have been noticing that on Monday Night Football where Aaron frickin' Rodgers led back a comeback after oh. Kyle Shanahan diced up Mike Pettin's defense yeah. like it was Swiss cheese with C.J. Beathard <laughs> and Raheem Mostert. Right. That when Aaron Rodgers and the Packers had a timeout, yeah. Aaron didn't go to the sideline. Right. Aaron stayed in the middle of the field. Right. I know. It's not as weird as everybody thinks. Thank you. What's going okay. on? Because I, so, I need an answer. I think there's more, and more. It goes on more than people would realize. I think if they just took notice to it a little bit more. Because a lot of the times, like, I know I had moments where Gruden might have just been like, yeah, just stay out there. Don't, even, don't waste your energy. Just stay in the huddle. Talk to the guys. You know, I'll, I'll come to you with a few plays here in a second. You give me a thumbs up if you like one of them. Okay, cool. Aaron Rodgers, I think with his knee, you have to take that into approach. He might just be like, stay there. Don't even walk over here. Just really? Rest the yourself. walk to the sideline is an issue there, for Coaches the are weird. No, I don't know if they're like that, but he's just like, take a load off. Stay over there. And you could do the whole conversation over there anyways, really. Yeah. I mean, he can look over. He can tell, hey, do you like 72Z bingo you split? And, and Rodgers can look at him on the sideline and give him a thumbs up. Or, Got it. Or if he goes, hey, how about 200 Jets smoke here? And Rodgers might just go, yeah, nah, forget about it. I don't, I don't like that one. So Shake he, can, his head. he can't talk, but he's giving thumbs up. He can't talk, but he down. can do it. And that's, that's really all that situation is. It's not like Rodgers is like, hey, coach, I think we should change the dynamics of the protection. You know what I mean? They're, no, it, it, it's not as an in-depth conversation as maybe it looks like on TV when everybody's standing there in a the huddle on the sideline. Like the quarterback's just sitting there. Uh, the offensive coordinator and head coach are talking to each other. He's listening. He might throw in two cents, like, I like this play or whatever. But I think in that relationship, too, that they – I'm sure on a Friday or a Saturday, Rodgers and McCarthy sit down and go through each personnel set, okay, and probably the five favorite plays Aaron likes in each of those sets, right? I would bet you that's what happens. I know that's a, it's a West Coast thing. I know I used to do it with Gruden. He'd be like, list them for me. 
What's your what's one for you? When I get in trips right on well at a third and ten, third and long, what's your favorite of my third and long plays? So he already knows. And I would go, you know what? I really like seventy two all go special alert clap this week, coach. I just think we're not gonna be wrong on this one. That's my number one. And we, and for you though, is it from film study that you think it's gonna work? Is it the route combination it, that you were just throwing it better in practice? Right. Well it, it's a little of all of that, Lefko. Like he he of course is leading the film study charge as the, the head coach. Yeah. And so he's come up with his 10 favorite plays. And he's going that when we do a bunch to the right, right. they typically play this type of defense. Exactly and right. I have these routes to take advantage right. of. Right. And then you get to run these plays during the week. And, of course, you're watching your own film. And, yeah, it's about your comfort level with whoever may be running some of these routes, um, your comfort level with the play. For whatever reason, some plays just make more sense to you in your brain, just like anything else. I don't, you know. I don't know what else to compare it to. Some but people can't do multiplication tables. Others can't. Exactly right. You know, hey, coach, when you do this combination, I just I see the field clearly every time. I don't know what it is, but when we do that combination, it's just a little dicey and cloudy to me. I don't feel comfortable about mm. it. So those are the things you talk about on a Friday or Saturday with your head coach. This is another basketball thing where I think when you watch timeouts during basketball games and you see Popovich there with the whiteboard and he's like scribbling like crazy and all the players are looking super intense. Yeah. And that's just not what a football timeout is. Is. No, no, no. I was going like to say, that. and you think it's intense, and then they go, let's go to the audio of Popovich, and he's like, play hard, rebound, <laughs> play, rebound, we need play to hard. Rebound. And I'm, al- I'm always underwhelmed where it's like, this is the moment, right? Play hard. I'm like, right. yeah, I would say the same thing. No, those moments in the NFL where the whiteboard and stuff are when you were truly off the field, halftime, like, or even like, like the defense came off the field, uh, and now the offense yeah. out there, you know, the defensive line coach might be like, hey, when they get in this set, we can't let this guard reach the three technique three technique okay we're gonna change this up i want you to bump out a hair farther in this formation and then linebacker when you see him do that you gotta come in a little bit and so those, those are, are adjustments those. i always wonder right. when a game plan goes to shit immediately oh right and it's like 14 nothing yeah and everything that you worked for all week is just up in smoke right what's happening in those Ooh, yeah those moments are they're Intense. Because you're looking at the coaches and going, you don't have answers. And they're looking at you going, what are you seeing? Yeah, right. I had one of those moments, too. Arizona Cardinals. 28 nothing Patriots? Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I had a lot of these moments, apparently. But no, 2004, end of the season, Emmitt Smith's last game as an NFL football player. We're going to play the Arizona Cardinals. Gruden thinks he's got a beat on them. When they put this guy over here, this is what they're doing. And we're watching film all week, and I'm like, damn, Damn, he's he's right. right. He's right. Well, they self-scouted, and they realized that it wasn't right. And he- So the first time you see him over there, and your guys are going, ha-ha, you ready to score a touchdown? It was like, it, was a, it had something to do with the linebackers on the end of the line of scrimmage. So if he's on this side of the line of scrimmage, you know, we're going to call the protection this way. Well, the first 10 plays of the game, both their linebackers got on the line of scrimmage. And we had this whole game plan set up to go against this little scheme, and I'm literally underneath the center, like looking over to Gruden, like I don't know what to do. We didn't, you didn't coach me on this. I only can do what I'm coaching, you know. And yes, that's when it goes out the so door. What happened? That's what it I'm goes asking. out the door. So you go and to then the sideline. Into let's get into the things we know we do well. We can do the things that we know we know how to execute, and we can just communicate them at the line of scrimmage. We're going to get rid of our little, you know. Uh, 
intricate plays that we put in specifically for this game plan this week. Let's just kind of go back to our base package. our base package that we always have in and things that you're comfortable with. If they get in some weird looks, that you can figure it out and get the protection right and all that. But how did that specific one go? Like, do you go back to the sideline? You're like, what oh, the hell? What? Like, yeah, like that's like, what five, I want to know. And then Gruden, like, he, no, Gruden's um, he's emotional and like not like. Uh, not he, what do I want to say? He's not even realistic at that time. He's still blaming me, even though he knows he's fucked up the whole week of coaching. He's just gonna be like, "What are you doing out there?" And I'm like, "They're both on the line of scrimmage." We talked all. You week. just said one of them were gonna be. I, I mean, the fucking do something. Or I'm swearing a lot. I think I better watch it. Yeah, eh. but at the same point, but that's how we were talking. That's the way we were talking, and that's how intense it gets. You know that I've that you know that that was a special special moment. <laughs> Emmett Smith's last game. Emmett Smith's what last game where I missed a throw to to Ernest Graham from Florida. We're making you relive a lot of bad memories yeah, this podcast. It's okay. it's right. There's been a lot of applications though to the current NFL. So. Yeah, yeah, it is. Who'd you miss the throw to? Ernest Graham, wow. Florida running back. Gosh, we had this perfect play where. Gruden prepared us again all week. If Adrian Wilson's right I here. I Adrian Wilson. Yeah, he was a man. He was. If Adrian Wilson's right here, this is the blitz that's coming, and I want you to check to this. And I had been waiting all game, and it's like three minutes left in the fourth quarter, and I'm like, holy crap, here it is. Adrian Wilson. I'm going to win the game and save the day right here. And I drop back, and Ernest Graham was open. And I'm going to get hit, and I know it. And I threw the ball, and I said, oh, my gosh, it's going to be a touchdown. I threw it perfect. And I hit the ground, and my face was in the grass. And I said, where the hell is the crowd? And I don't hear anybody cheering or anything. I hear nothing. And I looked up, and like everybody was like, oh. And I'm like, did I miss that throw? I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was like, where was the ball? I threw it like four feet in front of him. I let him a little too much. I, I got too excited. I don't know what it was. But usually as a quarterback, and I think most quarterbacks would say this, in those type of situations, before the ball is even completed, you know when you left your hand, you go, that's on the money. And that was like one of two or three times in my whole life that I threw a ball, and I just couldn't wait to the old lineman to pick me up. Like, you threw a touchdown, and nobody gave a damn. And I was like, what the hell happened? Yeah. And that that was a heartbreaker. Damn. Yeah. I, when I throw something in the trash from across the room, I'm as soon as it leaves the hand, man. That's going sock in. in a laundry basket, I'm like, buck. Well, you know the feeling, though. Like, just thinking of shooting a basket. Of course. Right? You know, you shoot that ball, you go, okay, man, that, that left my hand good. That's going oh, in. Yeah. You know? And then every now and then that blows off the back of the rim, and you're like, what? That yeah. felt perfect. And then I would argue even a better feeling is when you shoot it, and you go off, and then it swishes. swishes and in, you're yeah. like, well, now I just don't know anything. <laughs> All right. Film. Uh, 49ers Packers okay. Monday night game we had to watch it it was our Super Bowl yeah. um, and the first thing I'm noticing here in your notes is Kyle is awesome Patton is trying everything yes so just before we you go into the film an overarching statement what Kyle did to Patton yeah 
Take me through what you think Kyle's philosophy was, and then how do you think Petten was reacting when he was seeing all of it? Oh, gosh. Uh, he just took advantage of some of the aggressive nature of what Petten does at the line of scrimmage to stop the run game, all so of that. what does he do? Well, some of the boots and the play-action passes you saw early on in the football game. I mean, you know, Petten's a 3-4 scheme, first of all, uh, where it's very hard to play that 3-4 scheme sometimes against that that zone read. Yeah. Uh, or not the zone, the outside zone type offense. But between taking advantage of some of that aggressiveness along with like plays where uh, Green Bay sitting there, they're going to pass off crossers, right? And okay, we're going to pass off the crossers, and the crossers just stop right there. Mm. And all of a sudden, the guys that are passing off the crossers are like, wait. They're not coming to me. Let me go get them. And then Kyle had an in-cut behind them to screw them. And all of a sudden, they're doing things like that. But Pedden got into a part where, yeah, in that first, second, early third quarter, he didn't know what to do to defend Kyle. He was cha- After he saw, oh, my gosh, Kyle's gashed me like three or four times in the run game, he was trying blitzes. He was trying to go to different fronts. You know, it was four down. It was three down, three, four. And did they eventually settle on something that worked? I think at the end of the game, what they finally did was they finally told, first of all, yeah, they told, they, they told their guys, stop worrying about gaps and everything. Just go get the ball carrier. And especially the linebackers. The linebackers were so busy all game, like, okay, it's outside zone. So I want to explain outside zone to everybody. Yeah, because a lot of people had questions about, what is Kyle's running offense? Right. Why does it work, and why doesn't everybody do it? Yeah, because it's he knows the little details that take it over the edge. Everybody tries to do it, but they don't know what they don't know. And Kyle, like a bell right, so check, is very protective. Lot, so I need you to explain it. Yeah. To us. Okay. So everybody has a gap on a football defense. Everybody, you got your A gap, your B gap, your A gaps between the center and the guard. You know the B gaps between your guard and your tackle, and you're responsible for those, right? But let's just say the B gap, right between the guard and the tackle. Let's take our three technique. In this case, it would be a Kenny Clark, let's say, right? Okay. Or a Fletcher Cox. Right. But for this game, it's Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark. Right. So and he's he lines there. up right in the B gap. He's right in the B gap. And he's going, this is my gap. If I you guys go left, it. I'm going left. Right. You go right, go right. You I'm come at me, I'm going. between you two people because this is my area. And I'm not going to let you win this area between the guard and the tackle. I own this. Well, Kyle does crap where... The left tackle starts just running out. And all of a sudden, the B-gap's seven feet big. And he goes, damn, it's big. I better go get in the middle. I better go get in the middle of that gap. And he kind of runs out there to get in the gap. But then as he's doing that, the guard pushes him in the back and goes, hey, you're in that gap. And now you're all the way out of it because you tried so hard to get there. We made the gap so big. Mm. You tried to stop it. And now we pushed you out of the way. And there's this big lane right there. And our that's why Kyle likes the Tevin Coleman type runners because now they're running along the zone. And they go, oh, my gosh, it opened up. Let me Pow. stick my foot in the ground and zoom, cheetah the Brita through the hole or Mozart, whoever it is. So that's what that offense at its base level does to you as far as the zone scheme. Mm. He stretches out the gaps to now where the guys have to run and cover these big spaces, and then he does little things off of it to make it even harder, whether that's block you in the back with certain guys or fake a block and somebody traps the, the, the linebacker at the second level. However it may be, there's little things he does. What percentage of defenses are about gap contained? Uh, I mean, 
All are really okay. all are. I mean, it's it's a because what you were saying about just get upfield and get the ball carrier. Yeah, I remember when Chip Kelly was trying to do a lot of stretch runs. Right. The teams that always killed the Eagles were the teams that said we're just going to go straight forward. Yes, we're not going to play this side to side game. That's what you can't do because and that's what he. So did. then, why He's doesn't done. everyone just do that? Well, they do because they also can get stuck in some. You can get stuck in certain you can things give like them that. The whole edge, or yeah, or they run like a. All of a sudden, they run a play-action pass, and all of a sudden, you're all upfield, and you know there's an easy completion screen. right behind it, or a screen, or something like that. So those are the dangers of what you have to do. But really, what I think they did at the end of the day is the Packers just said, we're going to get in the bare front, okay? And linebackers, stop reading stuff. If you see a hole, just run into the hole, because that's where the running back's going to go, and meet them there. Their linebackers from Green Bay are not very good, and... That's at least what they started doing at the end. Instead of trying to go like, oh, we're, we're scooting down the line of scrimmage. You know, what happens, too, with the linebackers is the same thing. They're, the middle linebacker's in the A-gap, and everybody's flowing to his right. So he's flowing to the yeah. right. But then Kyle calls the cutback block, right? And all of a sudden, the backside guard has worked his way up to him, and it's a designed cutback. And now he's scooted so far to the right. That when he's and trying to come back left. Back, and all of a sudden, the guard's there like a pick in the end. BA and he's going oh gosh they're cutting it back let me boom oh and all of a sudden Breida cuts back and you go man he's a great cutback runner and it's really Kyle's like been like no read that middle linebacker if he gets too far we're going to tell the guard to pick him on the back side and you're going to cut back and run for 20 yards and so why don't a lot of coaches teach this because it doesn't sound I'm I know it's more complicated I know. Than yeah that. right well because it's a small tree of people who really know it He's protective of it. Just and like, what is it? Is it the footwork? Is it the pacing? Is it the distance? Like, yeah, it, it is. It's the footwork, the technique of the blocking to know how to do each front, whether it's a, you know, you know, there's different fronts within a four down yes. front or the three, there's the little rules within that. And then it's also got Kyle's job to keep them honest with their stuff with, with the bootlegs and the play actions. But just like we've talked about with Belichick not sharing his whole scope of knowledge with everybody on his own staff, right? Yeah. Uh, Kyle is the same way. Like, Who was better at coaching the zone run, Kyle Shanahan or Mike Shanahan? Mm, I mean, it's very, it's the same. I don't know if you could say one's better. I mean, it, Mike has definitely unveiled the tricks. Who taught Mike Shanahan? Um, that's a really good question, and I'm not sure I can answer that. Because I don't know, I know if Mike's I know, the one that started. I, no, no, I know. It's one of his coaches that really started it, though, and I'm just blanking on the name. Gary Kubiak? I want to say Gibb. Uh, uh, it's an O-line coach that's around, and I just can't think of his damn name. But if you get if, if we get a dead moment, I'll look it up and tell well, you Josh real quick. Could. Yeah. I'm just looking where he was before. And well, he the... was in Denver forever. Yeah. Denver, Mike. LA Raiders, Denver, right, back to Denver. 49ers, right. Denver. Right. So End of the game. Yeah. Did the Niners make a mistake when yeah. they threw the deep ball? I mean, it was obviously a pick. Like, do you think he was trying to throw a deep ball? Or yeah. do you think that's what Kyle wanted? Because like I told you, I thought Kittle was open underneath for a first down. Well, I, I know, and like I watched that play, and we can watch it together right now if you want. I don't think he was going to be able to throw it to Kittle. He was a little under pressure. He was going to get hit as he was throwing So it. I don't know if throwing a 40-yard bomb. No, but sometimes in those kind of looks, which is an all-out blitz look, where you just know you have four on four and there's yeah. no middle safety, sometimes that's the play you look for to go, hey, they, they usually play, play inside leverage. He threw the ball 15 yards short. That's the biggest problem. Goodwin's going to go run by him. He's running by him as we're watching it. But if you're even, you're leaving. He was. He had a stop. I mean, the ball should have been five yards into the end zone. I haven't talked to Kyle, but it looked like on, like I told you on TV, he said 
He said, effing throw it. Like, like throw it out there. Let him go get it. It's yeah. Marquise Goodwin. He went to the Olympics for track and field. So Who's faster, Marquise Goodwin or Tariq Hill? Could, Tyreek Hill. That's really? not a question. No. That, that is a question on the internet. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah it's not. Because you just, just said Marquise Goodwin's like an Olympic athlete. Yeah, and if Tyreek Hill at 15 decided he wanted to go win the 100 meter, he would have won it except for maybe Usain Bolt in his prime. Like... So you're telling me that only Usain Bolt is faster than Tyreek Hill? I'm just saying that I and think there's... I would there's, say that he's faster than Usain Bolt. <laughs> I, no, I just I think there's a class of people in football that some of these receivers that if at age of 15, they just said, forget football, I'm going to train a track and field and be a 100-yard sprinter mm. or 100-meter sprinter. Like the Odell Beckham Juniors and the Tyreek Hills would at least be in the final heat of the Olympics. Did Aaron Rodgers play well? He played well, but he did not play his best game. Yeah, where are we right now with Aaron? Well, we're back into the Aaron has to do everything mode. We're also into he's getting limited practice reps. And I think I wrote in my notes somewhere, even he needs practice, right? Did you go through my notes this yes. week? Okay. Um, yeah, even, he, even need, he needs practice. There was a few throws that I thought he was just a hair off on. But, yes, there was a few moments where he took some sacks uh, – where I said, man, there was a guy, there's an in-cut open over there. Just throw it. But, you know, I don't think he is totally on his A game, but his B game is better than everybody else's A game. People were saying that we're making too much of Aaron Rodgers against a one-win Niners team coming back and winning. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers were the better team on the field, if everybody wants to think that. Like, if you go through the teams, position for position, again, this is where the G on the helmet and number 12 at quarterback has is playing tricks on your brain. Let's go through it, right, Lefko? Because you and I have done this. Um, offensive line. Niners. Right. Running backs. Niners. Okay, receivers. I I go Packers. Right, even the Packers group the, on the field the other night? Because that's, that's when they were playing. The not, Randall Cobb wasn't there. Yeah, the hardest thing with judging Packers receivers is like Rodgers makes Wins Wilson Valdez Spalding look like. or They also have great names. Great. Equ names. Equimania St. Brown right. and Wilson Valdez Spalding. Okay. So I give them the edge. Okay. <laughs> the other night, I think it's very close. Sure. Okay. But if you want to say. George Kittle's better than Jimmy Graham right now. He is now. definitely better than Jimmy Graham right now. I'm sorry. Defensive line, I'd probably go Niners. Definitely. Linebackers, I'd probably go Niners. Right. Secondary, I'd go Packers. Yeah. Okay. I, got, I, I feel you there. Kicker, I'd go Niners. Yeah. And punter, I don't know. And, yeah. And coach, you go Niners. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I would too. So there you go. So again, the G on the helmet and number 12, a quarterback, has everybody going into that game going, they're going to win, no problem, nine and a half point spread. And it's an Aaron Rodgers team that he's not at his best. The team's injured a little bit and beat up in some key areas. And I do put a lot of the stock into what he did. And San Francisco did some really creative stuff on the defensive side of the ball. They messed with Green Bay's protections big time. Green Bay, I've never seen so many free runners coming out of Rodgers. They couldn't, they couldn't figure it out. See, so, yeah, what do you think of Saleh or Sala, the I, Robert Saleh? I think defensive coordinator. I think he's, I, I think he's a good defensive coordinator. I do. I, I don't look at their defense and go like, they're oh wow, sound. they're really, they're really screwing things up. Now yeah. they don't have, like, like you said, the most talented secondary in football. What's their overall rank on defense right now? I got it right here. They were like middle of the pack going into the weekend. They're 19th in football right well, now. Well, this is the theme because I want to move yeah. to the Browns-Chargers uh, game. Yeah. And the reason is it sounds like Robert Saleh, I, I need to learn how to pronounce Soleil. his name, is 
came from the cover three press bell, yeah. but is altering a little bit. Right. The first thing I noticed from your notes about mm-hmm. Chargers Browns, yeah. good shit, Gus. Yeah. You changed your defense. Yeah. So we're looking at three safeties right now. Three what, safeties. What are the big changes? What did the Chargers do that you wrote, they got it going right now? Well, their defense, he's... And that the fact that they're fast on all three levels. Exactly right. That's the that's the first thing. Another team was sneaky, good Dean Lyman in depth, even without their best Dean Lyman. With Corey on the... Legion being back has to be big. Right. Corey Legion being back. Darius Phylon's very good. You know, the kid from um, Notre Dame, Isaac Rochelle. Yes. On the big outside. He, he's a good player. Of course, we got... Melvin Ingram, guys like Justin Jones from North Carolina State, another North Carolina yeah. State D lineman. <laughs> he does really well. Um, but yes, Gus is yeah, changing what did he up. Change? He's changing up personnel sets. He's changing the looks of their coverages every now. It's not just like the same look, same thing every time. And my favorite thing of what he did is. They were playing three and four safeties at some time. There was some obvious you know passing situations. I like three and four safeties. Right? And, and it's the smartest thing to do in football. I thought of you. When they got to obvious passing situations, they took their there was no linebacker on the field. It was Why four do you down need a lineman, linebacker? Right. It was four down linemen, and it was Jaleel Adai, Derwin James, Texas, uh Hook'em Horns, Adrian Phillips. And the kid Rayshon Jenkins from Miami. Those are the four guys on the field. And Phillips and Rayshon Jenkins were basically playing like middle linebacker. But when they did play the Seattle scheme, I'll tell you what it did is, yeah, when Baker thought like, oh, I've got them spread out and there's a little hole to throw this into, man, did that hole close quick. Because their safety is not linebackers. not linebackers. Exactly right. Exactly right. It just makes sense. I know. And there's a few creative blitzes and just a few little... You know, nuanced coverages here and there. That's all you need. I'm not saying everybody has to reinvent the no. wheel, but when you line up in the same two defenses all game this day and age, you're going to get scorched. Uh, Josh, first thing I see in the notes, talking about Derwin James. Hit me. Man, is he incredible, and he's an amazing blitzer. Man, he's an amazing blitzer. So where you were very high on Derwin James, yeah. and then the draft process, you cooled off a little bit I on Derwin James. cooled off definitely in preseason and stuff. And, and even in like the first game or two, when people were trying to say like, "Oh, he," I was like, "I don't know," because he would have a good pick, but he'd still get burned on some other plays. He was. Um, but where is he now? He would fall into the list of like what we talked about with the Seattle guys, like where he's not thinking anymore, and now you're getting to see the true physical ability. He was the example you gave before. It was yeah. I was it? Yeah. Okay. Good. You're right. Yeah. I forgot. I said that. Yeah. It he, all comes full circle. Duh. But yes, he has good gotten podcast. to that point. Um, where I feel like I see his speed on the field, like finally. Well, the first few weeks, I was like, "Damn, like, come on, take off, go get that guy," or you know, turn your hips and run and go get him. Now he's attacking, throwing his body around more, and his ability to be slippery as a blitzer is like w- forget about moves. He's got he's got the ability to do like defensive line hand moves to slap tackles and and running backs hands out of the way when they're going to pass protect against them and he is well he i mean remember we saw the clip of him in college lifting a tackle from florida off the ground yeah as a pass rusher? yeah and i know like they you the good thing about florida state yeah. i feel like when you come out as a prospect is they make you play everywhere remember like who are they playing at defensive tackle oh um josh sweat yeah yeah josh sweat like they play their ends at tackle right they play they their linebackers like, we'll just get, at our, ends. get our best 11 on the field and it we'll must figure have been it out later jimbo because i don't know if they're going to do that anymore but 
Jimbo is like, let's just get him out there. Yes. So Derwin's really blowing you away right now as a pass rusher. Yes, he is. He, uh, yeah. I mean, and he's man, just Joey Bosa's coming. Back. I know. Two things for the Chargers: Joey Bosa, and they don't have Travis Benjamin. Yeah, where is the speedster right now? So he's been hurt, and I can't remember what it is, but and they're four and two. They're four and two, and have truly gotten better like every week. The last. And it's three good weeks. to remind people who they lost to. Exactly, the Rams and the Chiefs. Chiefs in week one. This is, I'm telling you, it's something that we need to remember to do is we do our preseason predictions. It's good to look back and go, okay, I still have a lot of faith in this team. And look, they're still doing well, but Chargers lost like two national games. I've been betting against them a lot. It's a foot injury. It's a foot injury? Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it stinks. What are they saying, though? Uh, I'm just saying that he, he heard it originally in week four, and he was out indefinitely. Uh, other side of the of the field, though, it sounds like they really just Baker didn't have any chance to breathe. Is what it sounds. No, like. not really. They did a good job of just harassing him. They were all over their pass game. I want to say that yeah, there's a lot of plays that happen that I know don't swing the game. But when I am betting, I can get upset. Right. When it was fourteen nothing Chargers, yeah, and they ran the same play to um, Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams. The left tackle had a clear false start. Clear false start. Oh, was that that game where he clears false start on the left side there for yes. the touchdown play? On the touchdown, he clearly jumped, and Miles Garrett I remember pointed on at him Sunday. and I was like, why. that's a false start. Right. And the announcer, because I'm watching in the car, goes, that's a false start. And then Phillip Rivers goes back and throws a touchdown. And, and me going, I bet on the ba- the brown, Browns right here. I'm going, oh, it's a false start. And they never called it. Yeah. How was it going in the car? Were you reacting in the car like you do at the office? There was a few Are you time- sure that was that game? Yes. <laughs> well, here's the play. Okay. So I, I feel like this is not this play. It may have been the second touchdown. So, oh, you mean the second touchdown later? No, the second touchdown where they ran the same play. Yeah. Well, wait, this is it, isn't it? Hold on. Watch. Gonna throw the post over the top. Yeah, no, the second one, maybe the first one. All right, so I'm gonna go back to the first one because I'm gonna call you. I can't. I think it was the sure. second one that they. Were I think it might have been later on in the game, and you're getting the plays mixed. But it was up. another deep touchdown. It might have been, but I. I'm I, just I, saying I the guy was really off. There definitely was, and I remember on Sunday going, "Damn, how did they miss that? That's ridiculous." But I just couldn't remember what game it was on. Right now, either way, that was a really cool moment to me. Why? Because offensive coaches don't call the same play twice. They're too cool for school to do that. Let alone twice in a row. Twice in a row? Like, what? That was groundbreaking. That's what I'm talking about, Ken Wisenhunt. Like, don't let teams play stupid freaking defenses against certain formations. Was Teach the, them was a the lesson. formation that dumb? The for- it's our job. To teach them a exactly lesson. right. We need to teach them that this is not sound football, and we got to teach them a lesson. So, that is one of my favorite Gruden stuff. So let's watch it together. That's honestly how I feel about so work. Sometimes. Look, look what look what they're doing. You two nitwits here. Show okay. it to him. Show it to him. It's more important. To okay. Show it to him. All right. Oops. I just clicked over. Yeah. Actually, if you hold it right there too, they can kind of see it on the camera. Damn. In Josh's camera. Well, hopefully, the NFL doesn't. Uh, eh, never we'll heard say. of them. Okay. Yeah. So just take Josh's camera. It's basically like a Tampa two look, right? Hold on. It's like a Tampa 2 look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And you could see, okay, look how they're doing it. They got these guys. These are going to be your corners yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah. And that guy's going to go to the safety, and that guy's going to go to the safety, and the whole middle of the field's open. So they do a play action. So now it took him a little and while got, to get down there. Right. Bam. 
Gone. All right. Completion. Very next play. Not the exact same formation, but pretty much the same formation with just a different personnel set. And it's going to be the same exact defense. And they got the corners involved in the edge run game, right? And, and look at the this. the same route on the bottom and everything. It's, the same. it's exactly the same. There's nobody to jam either receiver. So this safety is like, damn, thanks, corner. Thanks for just letting them run up on me. I only have to cover half the field for you yeah. now. And he has no chance. And Ken Wisenhut, I'm sure, said that on saw that on film and was like, man, if they're going to keep playing this formation, I'm going to call the play. Screw it was you. a touchdown after that. Where the I think it was later on. That's yeah. what I mean, yeah. All right, that was cool. That was a film breakdown. On a yeah, that was the first time ever we've done that on the pod. <laughs> uh, Miles Garrett was awesome. He is awesome. Anything from that side of the ball, though, overall, that kind of stuck out to you? Uh, I mean, the, the, Chargers, the Chargers run game is really becoming a force. You know, they're another team... Like we talked about the Patriots a little and things like that on Monday. Like their their old school run game is tough to defend. I want to talk about that. Yeah. Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley. Yeah. How close is it right now? Oh, it's very close. I mean, it's not very yeah, it's close. I think Gurley is definitely the best running back in football for me. I don't I don't think I can deny that. And I'm really I love Melvin Gordon. I'm not gonna say he's better than Saquon Barkley. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. So you currently would go Gurley, Barkley, Gordon. I think so. Mm. I think so. Yeah, Gordon would be in the conversation for me with him and Ezekiel Elliott. And I think so I would go with Gordon. I think I would go Gordon first over Ezekiel right now. Gordon's doing, I think, more breaking tackles. It's incredible. A little more in the pass game on a weekly basis. It really is incredible. And, you know, he just he never misses a hole. He's got incredible vision. You know, he tackles himself sometimes more than he gets tackled. Well, yeah, yeah, because he just is like a he's like a kamikaze ball sometimes where he just gets going so hard and he's running through tackles that he like loses his feet and kind of just falls to the ground. It's funny because like we've hung out with him. He's like a super nice guy. Yeah, I know. But he gets out there and he just he's he's finally I feel like running behind his pads. And but okay, so you have wow, Gurley, Barkley, Gordon. Gordon. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go Zeke after that. And then who's five? Let me pull up the teams. Yep. Don't count Le'Veon because he hasn't played yet. Nope, I will not count him. I promise you that. Who are we missing? Man, I know. I'll tell you. Kareem Hunt's in that conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Left Put him, him in there. Left go like that. I think it is Well, current. because I think Kareem Hunt, I He's feel flying like... under the radar. I feel like of all the pr- players in the NFL this offseason, he was one of the more disrespected guys. Yeah. Where I just felt like everyone's like, oh, yeah, you led the entire NFL in rushing your rookie year. Right. But we're not going to talk about you. Yeah. Right. And he is destroying people. He is. He's got a deceptive speed. I think he... And he loves playing the I Patriots. I think over anybody has... I think he has the best vision. Of all the players. Wow. And he has the best patience to let plays develop to where he has a great feel for, okay, I'm going to stay behind my blockers and kind of ride the wave. And, oh, I'm just going to sit here and wait until a lane pops out. And then, bam, I bounce it out to the left and I run for 40 yards down the left sideline. I think Kareem Hunt is the most physically punishing of the three. I think Melvin Gordon, whenever I watch a run, I go, oh, oh, oh. Uh, like he just he slowly breaks down every level yeah, right, and he right. escapes and he jumps over a guy and girly I just sit and go wow yeah wow 
Gurley's like, more about just he, he like the burst bre- and speed yes. and all that. He doesn't break stride. He right. beats you to the edge. He turns up field. Right. And then Saquon, I go, no, 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 no. At least I did on Thursday. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, Saquon's special. You know, again, don't I don't care what his stats are or where his rushing for the season is. It's a team sport, and even if you're Superman like Saquon Barkley, you need holes and a little help every now and then. Let's go to the other beatdown, Ravens-Titans. Right. Ravens facing Mariota. How the hell do they get 11 sacks? Flipping through my pages. Um, First of all, we've informed everybody over the last few weeks that the interior offensive line of the Tennessee Titans is not good. Okay, and the Baltimore Ravens have waves of players that they can send at you that are just big mofos. I don't know what other way to say it. They got just if you listed the team as who's got the biggest mofos in the world on their team, you'd go Baltimore Ravens. They win, and their defensive line just has so many big physical specimens that can yeah, overpower you. Wrote, you, you wrote 93, 96, 98, and you wrote this is one of the biggest ass whoopings of the year. It is. And it was just like, it wasn't like, Seattle was a little bit more like, we're getting on the edge and we're shooting through the gap and you guys can't even like slow us down. This was just like, yeah, this was just like, I got you, Brett Jones, and I'm going to push you back into Mariota's face. And he was just like, oh, I can't stop you. Is there anything <laughs> that other teams can replicate? Because you wrote Mariota's worst nightmare. Keep him in the pocket yeah. and give him nothing over the middle. Yeah. So was that is that the, the formula? I mean, I think that's a big part of Mariota's game is – He's not a great outside-the-numbers thrower. He's not the kind of guy that's going to beat you with comebacks and out routes and fade stops all game long, right? Whether you even go back to the Oregon days. That's what we've always seen him do. Yeah, you know, play action pass, pull it, really good quick release, hit the slant over the middle or the little pop pass we talked yes. about or maybe the post or the cross over the top. That's really more his game. And. Then if he doesn't feel comfortable, he gets out of the pocket because he has great speed, and then he makes the defense commit, and he can either run, or if they commit too aggressively, he finds an open receiver behind them. But, yeah, they were cognizant of that and always had the Judons or the Shugs out there wide. The Darius Smithes. Or the Darius Smithes, right, who could, Smithes, who could stay out there and just at least make it hard for him to run around the edge, if not be able to let him run around it at all. So is the Titans' interior offensive line really bad, or is it just because they're facing Jacksonville, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Houston in, like, successive weeks? Yeah, that, that's part of it. Because like, it, they're facing amazing defensive line. It's in a below-average interior offensive okay. line. I don't think you can deny that. Um, yeah, you're right. This just in, Titans' interior line is bad. It's bad. And they really were whooped in all facets of the game. Uh, Offensively for the Ravens, you really liked the Lamar Jackson Wildcat. I did like it. And they they only did it, I believe, one time in the game. And he got to the edge and got down to the two or three. You know I'm very underwhelmed by their running backs. You're not a big Alex Collins fan. You're not a big Buck Allen fan. No. I really think that they would be like the most dangerous team in the football if they had a really legit running back. Because there's holes and more yards to be had than they get. Now they're good and they Should run they make hard. Lamar Jackson, that guy. God, I, that's where I think I was trying to go with that comment. Like, don't forget about this part of your offense. This is a nice little thing to have in the game plan on a weekly basis. They have this big, powerful offensive line, and 
He is a change of pace. And when he came in the game in the third quarter after they had been running the ball a lot with the other two guys, and then all of a sudden he ran, I went, damn, he looked fast to me. He looked faster than those two running backs. I know that. Mm. And I just think it's something that they have to continue to do. They really do. It's, it's, it has, their offense is not that complicated like we've talked about. It's better than years past. But that's a nice little element to make teams have to defend on a weekly basis. Mm. And maybe they're waiting until their schedule gets tougher to maybe they break out more. Maybe I, am, the- I am very happy that the Ravens played as well as they did the week before they played the Saints. Yeah. Uh, we're going to call your dad in two minutes. Um, Flacco was amazing. Really? Well, you can't, you can't – Flacco – the Ravens – the Titans did a pretty good job. They didn't let any easy completions – like you know, it was nothing easy. It no. was Joe Flacco throwing twenty yard piss missiles on the sideline. It was like Joe Flacco, yeah, on the road, yeah. How and I, that? I mean, he just was. He made a lot of big time throws where Malcolm Butler was in good coverage, and the perfect throw was made. And they picked on Malcolm Butler. I was gonna say, as someone who's been a very staunch supporter yeah. of Malcolm Butler, right. where is he right now? He's still got good cover abilities. Definitely not a top ten corner. He is um, his biggest issue this whole year has been playing the football. I mean, just think about Week One in Miami. Remember, we had the Kenny Stills bomb post over the top. He was there. He raked at the guy's arm as he was yeah. about to catch it. Crabtree got a touchdown on him on Sunday. Exactly to start right. The game. It was a back shoulder fade, right? And yeah, it's Butler just, was way out of position. That's where it's just like not. It's not. He hasn't been as good this year. Where in years past, I feel like he's been all over those guys. He's been able to pry the ball loose or knock it down. And yeah. this year, it's it's been a completion more times than not. Ravens go Saints at Carolina, home against Pittsburgh, by home against Cincinnati. Man, that's some. That's a physical toll right there, dude. I'm just looking at the like the, the NFL is so evenly matched right yeah. now. Yeah, every game looks tough. I know. All right, so we're calling Big Phil home or cell for your dad. I think we should call home. Try the home, Nikki. I wish. Uh, I, think, note, I feel but, like you missed a few things in the uh, Packers game, but just to let you know, you didn't read my Packers notes very good. Very well. He read them. <laughs> we looked at them together. Did you? Yeah. Well, one thing you've about, had better. While we're calling you Phil, you wrote down that Chris Jones is a leader in the Kansas City New England game. What did you mean by that? Because you want to talk about who's the biggest cheerleader on the sideline during that game. You could see him every time the offense made a big play. He was, yeah, let's go. Did you hear what they said to him about him at halftime? Kareem Hunt, I remember that. Did you hear what he said they said about him at halftime? Michelle Tafoya said they were running into the tunnel, okay? And Chris Jones was going, we got this. We're okay. Come on, Mahomes. We're not out of this. Like, that's some Fletcher Cox Mississippi State crap. I like that. I do, too. Yeah. You know who else likes that? I like a lot of crap, too. Yeah, we know you do. crap. <laughs> I tell you, are we, we're talking. Now, I turn out the soon to listen. We're talking about crap. Oh yeah. my god! Well, no, I, we're talking about Chris Jones being a leader, and Sims was upset, or Chris was upset that I wasn't looking at his Packers Niners. I think he, he kind of breezed through my notes this week. What did know? I miss? Look at your notes. What did I how miss? could you breeze through the notes? First off, how do you read them? They're so damn small, you need a magnifying glass to read them, so I don't know. Josh was watching me read them today. I could read them quick I now. had I had no idea what I was looking at. Yeah, I can't I've understand learned, what you read. I've learned Sims's uh, cursive you've learned, chicken Okay, you learned that uh, whatever that's called, scripture, yeah. or whatever, something. My so work what about son. Chris Jones? He was leading the team a little. What's wrong with that? You know, no, no, it was awesome. I, you know, yeah, I'm, a, and I know you're the same way, Dad. Like as I'm watching film, you know, you look at the sideline every now and then to see the reaction of certain plays and things like that. And you know, Chris Jones is very much like a, uh, like the story you've told about Fletcher Cox when Carson Wentz started to take over. Where he was going, man, Carson Wentz is out there. I'm going to stand up and watch this. <laughs> That's right. 
right. That's right. I right. know. And Chris that Jones, is- I feel like, does the same exact thing with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's like, damn, I'm going to sit there and watch this offense. And he stands up and cheers for them harder than anybody else on the sideline. You know, in the highlights we show on um, Showtime, which I think are great. Not they are. Publicity there, but they're great. But it does, a lot of times, it's really cool. We probably should point it out more, but sometimes we don't get to see the the highlights until they put the show together. You know, the NFL Films is not ready, but whatever. It's really cool when the defensive players are standing up on the sideline rooting and going, come on, man, you can do it. And, you know, just to see their emotions and all that because it's, it, it's awesome. It really is. Uh, Did it used to make you feel good when, like, dad for a long time. I've heard him tell the Lawrence Taylor Well, thing Lawrence the would always – Congrats. The first one to me after a touchdown. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, and yes. the, yeah, okay. And you that made and you I feel. Gotta, you know what? I'm more curious. I have things I keep, right. but I do have a picture of him and I in 1993 yeah. when we beat Chicago. Right. I threw a touchdown, I don't know, with a few seconds to go. And uh first one there was Lawrence. It's a really good shot because it's Chicago, it's grass, we're yeah. both dirty, the whole thing, and, you know. It so, is. It's a good shot. And then he got a sack fumble to close the game out, too. So yeah, you, he did. That's you, right. That's you two right. old-timers contributed that day. game as a Bears coach. Right. No, no, I'm sorry. Not his first. It would have been his. Second oh, year? Yeah, would have been his first. That was our first game in 93. Yeah, that was opening game. So, opening uh, game. So his first day, yeah, I'm glad we did a good job of ruining his day. There we go. Phil, did you hear what Bill Belichick said about Lawrence Taylor today? I did. Uh, and what do you think? I think he'd be right. Mm. Absolutely. To, you know, Khalil Max, a you know, really good player. Is he going to be ever be Lawrence Taylor? No. It's a different style for one. You know, Khalil Mack is probably maybe a little more of a power play, but I even have a hard time saying that because What Lawrence about like a Von Miller? Well, you know, Lawrence is just was such a big guy. Lawrence is bigger than Vaughn. Really? Yeah, Lawrence is really big. People don't understand. He's broad-shouldered, long-armed, and just he's just big. And it isn't because he trained. These other guys trained to get big. Right. I mean, Lawrence, did the, he did the reverse training method. <laughs> see, he might have had that. Maybe that's the key. You got to do the reverse training method because <laughs> Sims is only one thing to do. Just got to go crazy. Okay, go for it, big guy. But, um, but I heard Belichick, and I, kn- I could have told you when questions come up about that football team on defense, he very seldom is going to give anybody platitudes that are going to reach higher than what he believed in 86 defense. Because my first thought is, okay, you guys are all biased. because no, we're not. You, you experienced some success. You won a championship. There's, you know, LT, and it was a special time for you guys. Bill Belichick's young. You're a young whippersnapper. And I think that you're all biased and that you don't want to give the younger generations credit because oh they're bigger God. and stronger Please. and faster than you. Please. I, uh, you know, I... Christopher, slap him. Come on. I, I will. When I get, when he get closer. Not dot in the face. Just hit him in the back of the head and say that's from me. <laughs> just just tr- because. Well, no. Making, prove me I'm wrong. Making, listen, Adam. Here you go. You're making such a compelling argument that you guys are just, 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 just. And that is just total 100. When we start this conversation out with crap, there you yeah, go. Crap. And, and no, it, listen. I'm not being. You're I telling me 20 credit. to 30 years later that with the the way that humans have evolved playing professional athletes Lord and Taylor the training would still dominate the NFL. Yeah, but like okay, don't you, you think me? that if Von Miller went game. back then, he would dominate just like LT did? No. I don't know. I don't no. think so either, Dad. I'm with you. I, I don't think so. You, well, you just, it was a different league, and he, you just didn't have this edge all the time. And the, 
It was a different style. Oh, now, now he's going to like AAU basketball. Oh, he's trying, oh they're he's all right. friendly. Okay. You know what? You know what? Listen, listen. See what he's becoming? Like he's becoming a, a shock argument. jock now. It's like a political <laughs> argument. No matter what I tell you, you're not, you, you got your side, so it's fine. You stay with it and go ahead. Because they always say, hey, he's be on the right side or the wrong side, brother. So you just, you just choose the wrong one. That's okay. So yeah. he was really that great, huh? Lawrence, mm-hmm. listen. He changed the game. He was the most nimble, limber, outside rusher I have ever seen. Now, you got that? Ever. Name me one that we – when I say he could run full speed with his fingertips dragging the ground on his inside hand and uh-huh. turn a corner, there's a thousand shots of him seeing it during games and all the NFL highlights you see. And that's what made him different, mm-hmm. that he could do stuff like that. And maybe the fact that he didn't lift kept him limbered. <laughs> so who, who knows? But listen, competitive and really good at everything. Like I've told you before, he could shoot baskets. He could really play. Picked up golf. You know, became basically a scratch golfer. Wow. You and saw him he, run. You saw him run four or five on grass, right? On His rookie grass, year at two fifty. Him with about twenty people timing. And he ran like four or five one or something. He was like, "Are you wait? Wait, you 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 guys? There's something wrong." And I was like, "Well, he, it should be like four four four. You know, I don't know why." And this is this is like the first day of the off season program. It's not like we'd been there training. Oh, that's funny. So God knows who's what he was doing before then. But he ran the fastest time on the team. And another guy actually say it ran the same time, which was Byron Hunt, yeah, a backup linebacker. So. Right. Mm. Those two ran the fastest time that day. Faster on grass, which it was slow, the the field outside of Giant Stadium then. They were the two they beat all the wide receivers in the timing. Wow. So Chris, you are younger than your father, yeah. obviously, but your father is tweeting up a storm and you don't even understand how it works. He is on there tweeting, giving hot takes. Here's a good one, Sims, Chris. Yes. NFL, he tweeted this uh, yesterday at 942. What are you doing, Phil? You In doing the morning or at night? At night? Yeah. Yes. No, it's all the stuff I say during the day. I tweet at night. NFL should put a team in London. Expand. Wow. First of all, before Phil explains, Chris, thoughts on your dad saying the NFL should expand to London? Well, I mean, my thoughts on him tweeting at 942 at night are impressive. <laughs> That's the first thing. Uh, oh, wow. I... I um, yeah, I don't know how see how it could work in London. I guess that's my my big issue, you know. And, and not that I don't want to see the NFL expand, but yeah, I guess there's a part of me that doesn't want to see it expand. I guess a little bit. I don't want another team. I know that. I don't know. I don't want number team thirty three and team thirty four. Okay, that I know I don't want. Uh, I think the NFL was best when it was at twenty eight, and the teams are more condensed with really awesome football players, and maybe a little spread thin now at thirty two. But I, I would just say to Dad, I don't know how it works as far as salary cap, all that stuff, travel. That would be my yeah, only so thing. So what inspired you to tweet that last night, Phil? Because I said it on TV. Why would you say it on TV? Because I believe it. And I do believe the NFL. Listen, I don't believe it. I know the NFL wants to go to Europe. My God, I did those games over there so many times. And I went to the um, – embassy of the united states over there and we had big cocktail parties and this and that and we'd have to go i'm like oh my god but everybody in there was from from france germany here united states there and they all were saying the same thing we can't wait till we get a team over here and would it work oh my god it'll work 
you know, I met the guy over there that sells NFL merchandise. Somehow the NFL owner sold it to this one person. I said, how business? And he, he almost laughed. He was like crying. He goes, it's hard. He goes, I can't keep things in the store. And when you walk around over there the day of the games in London, you literally see a jersey from every team. And it, 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 you know, it's amazing. Now, of course, when the Patriots are there, they did it a few times, and they tried to kind of gather that uh, part of the world, I guess you would say. Yeah. I did see more um, New England Patriot jerseys than any other team. But you see them all. Tennessee Titans. You know, I just go, wow, how can this guy? Yeah, but what made you tweet this last night? What made you say it yesterday? Well, I said it yesterday because we were going. I don't know what we were going through. Maybe it was something about that. I can't remember the question. You know, I talk so much, Adam, I can't remember everything, but we did it on it. Showtime. So Not you're moving. Hey, listen, I watch your show every Wednesday night. I put, I, you know, go through that. So why yeah. can't you watch my Showtime but, show? He's selfish, Dad. He's a selfish millennial. That's all we could say. That's Man. not what it is. I, so that, I'm not that's a boomer fan. where the tweeting comes from. If I say it on TV, <laughs> I'm going to tweet it. Or I try to, if I just get the it's energy. a good philosophy. He's a multi-platform brand. He's on TV. He's on Twitter. we got to get you an Instagram, Phil. We just got to get him here in the office. What, you know, Instagram is, um, I'm just not crazy about taking pictures. That, I, I, think I hear you. That could yeah. kind of hurt you, you with know? Instagram then. Yeah, yeah. So I had I had my assistant take some pictures of me yesterday when the show was over because I wanted to use them. And I looked at it and I went, man, every one of them made that stupid face. I got like that crooked smile. I go, okay. So that was a waste of time. Well, Phil, we appreciate your time. But when you when you home the night, I think the app you need to download is Snackle. It's this new thing that all the kids are using. I think you'd really like Snackle. Snackle. Now, well, give me a real quick rundown what it okay. is. It's about snackable content. So it's short, quick videos. So it's like if you have something, you're watching film, and you have a quick take, you go on Snackle. And you put it on there, and the kids snack it up. He's dead. He's being a total asshole right now. He's totally making shit up, and I just threw the oh, microphone in his he face. Had me. Yeah, of course he did. When's this going to stop? I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let him do that to you. He's such a jerk. I'm I'm legitimately going to hit him for you when we're done with the show. We have a little relationship going, Adam. But you know, I'm going to tell you what. Now, I've had a lot of friends in my life. I said to hell with them, and I left them. I haven't talked to them in 20 years. They're gone. (laughs) So you're just trying to work your ass that way. Well, you should reconnect with them on Snack. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I I held on to them way too long anyway. So you know, they were jerks, and I don't know why I was there. Well, whatever. Right. Uh, you know, anything else you two idiots got? How's well, the show going to be tonight? I think it'll be pretty good. It'll be good. We uh, had best football friends against Avery Williamson and Darren Lee. We had a little untold story from T.O. Uh, and your son explained WWBD. What would yep. Belichick do? Oh, and, yeah, well, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and his, his big take is that maybe as the whole NFL is going to spread offenses, maybe Bill is bringing back a power running game. Well, they never get away from the run game using unless they have one of those really crazy game plans, which, I, honestly, I thought they were going to come out and probably throw out the first 25 plays against Kansas City. Yeah, me too. So I ate that one. and uh, But then as you watch it and and – Everything. I just I had that argument on Showtime. If you'd watch the show, that's right, uh, Mister Selfish. But um, I watch y'all's everything. I watch some of your when y'all picking games. You're looking at Christopher's notes. I'm going, oh my god. But um, <laughs> what the hell were we talking about? Uh, uh, you nailed it. No, no, wait. Good. <laughs> no, what were we talking about? I was going to go on. I forgot what I was. Oh, the going. Patriots and their run game. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. I was shocked when I, right. even watching the game, and then I was shocked when I watched the video of it. I was like, God Almighty! I watched the game live on TV. I don't remember him getting the I formation. The I, I, formation, I said the same thing, I didn't Dad. Know there was such a thing in him. You know why, Christopher? Yeah. That's why they ran the ball so well because Kansas City goes, "What the hell is that over there?" I know it's unreal. Yeah. Nobody it knows really how to defend it. Unreal. It was un. It, and what did I tell you about the the Patriots? What with their roster? Uh, oh, the three guys that'll make the team always. Yeah, the first Bill Belichick can go. Okay, I got three spots covered. The rest of you are fighting for a job. And who are the three that are guaranteed? Tom Brady, right? The fullback Devlin, Devlin, and Slater on special teams. That's it. The rest of you, you're in the middle of it. Have a nice fight. He's board, right too. He makes it. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was I. You said that to me last night on the phone, and that was uh, pretty spot on. Said I got to me check on the plane. Yeah, too too late, Adam. You know, he was already in a state of I got to go pass out. I don't know what it was. You know, <laughs> we call that we call that back porch season. Yeah, whatever. And you know what? I will say this, my son. I know you, Adam. I'm sure you don't watch his radio show in the morning because you're too busy looking at yourself in the mirror. But um, <laughs> the, your show today was really good, Christopher. I really, it was the best one of the best football shows I think I've ever watched. I, I kid you not. Wow, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. I yeah. appreciate that, man. Even Prove it. What he said. You know, one of our competitors. No, they're not our competitor, are they? Really? Because they do night football. Right. And Fox will be our competitor. Right. And I don't care who is. You know, whatever. But it was a very good show, so I want to say that. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate that, man. All right. See, I could give out a compliment every once in a while. And, you know, to that guy you're working with, yeah. good luck. Yep. I'll see you guys. All right, Dad. See you, pal. See you, man. Oh, that's going to grind your gears. <laughs> what? He no, he, no, 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 it was fine because he bought Snackle. I am now going to develop You're Snackle. You're so mean. Couldn't you see? I like how he just got done with it today. We didn't even have yeah, to say no, bye to him. He was like, I'm out of here. It was I'm, great. I've had fun. That's it. Uh, I, you really didn't read my Green Bay notes very well. You really did. You didn't what? even say anything about, you know, the play where Juice, Juicy J, I call him. Yeah. Use check. Yeah. I can never. We called him Juicy J in the scouting yeah. department that up in New England. That was a great Kyle play call. I've never seen it ever in the NFL. You didn't even say it. All right, let's break that down real quick. I mean, he ran the fullback out of the weak side of the formation, and the guy ran a deep cross like, and was wide open, of course, because he was in the eye formation, and Dad is right about that. Like that, I'm telling you, that's why Bill is going back to this because linebackers are going, I played in the Big 12, and they've never run in the eye formation ever, so I'm used to going to tackle wide receiver screen, wide receiver screen, quick slant, and i got to watch the quarterback scramble. And now linebackers and defensive tackles this day and age are like, damn, they're running downhill, and the fullback's about to hit me, and there's a guard pulling? I've never seen this before. That's truly where we're at in football, because high school has become spread for the most part. Yeah. But, yeah, I Kyle, love this theory. It's a great theory. But Kyle... We've seen him before where he like bluffs the blocker yes. and then the fullback goes in the flat. Goes up. He took it to another level. So he play action to the left with the tailback. The fullback came out the backside gap between, I think, the guard and tackle and ran a deep cross to his left. The, that play is usually, you know, tight end to your right. Okay, the the X receiver on your left runs the post to clear yes. it out, and now you have the deep cross, and the outside receiver runs an in cut. So you can just go post deep cross. Let me look to the in cut for number right three. Your progression, really, exactly right. And he did it with the fullback, and I just went. So the fullback did the deep cross instead of the tight end. Exactly, and it's just like the linebacker saw him run by and was like, I don't know where he's going, but I better go run and chase him. <laughs> And did Beathard and then, hit the pass? Yeah, they hit it. Remember, check fumbled. You know, people forget. Oh, yes. People forget the 49ers fumbled a kick return and that play. Oh, and they would have been up by a ton. I know. 
I was sitting there going, man, my bet is going to get screwed here. I mean, I was really like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Man. All right, I got some fan stuff for you. Okay. Uh, Wright Garrett's with an interesting proposition. Did we go with the rest of the team notes? You're not even talking about the Chiefs-Pats game? Did we talk about that whole game? We spent 35 minutes on Monday, and the only part that we didn't talk about was Chris Jones as a great leader. Everything else we talked about at length. That's how good you are at watching football on TV. You had it all, pal. Okay. All right, I'll believe you. Me and Josh literally talked about this. You did a 35-minute breakdown of the game on Monday. Okay. All right, good. Don't you worry. All right, good. Wright Garrett says, what if at the end of the season, the Raiders decide Carr isn't worth the money, and they try and trade him to the Giants? Who said this? Right, Garrett's a oh, personal line. prominent oh, sorry, Instagram follower. Why? That's how viable this this possibly is. That you were like, wow. Did someone have notes? Do you say think this? Carr would fit the Shermer offense well? I do. I do think he would fit the offense well. And what do you think about Derek Carr? Maybe the Giants? Because it no. You don't think Gruden will give up on it? I don't think he will yet. I th- my biggest reason for that is because of their offensive coordinators, Greg Olson, and Greg Olson was there when they drafted Derek Carr. And I know he thinks very highly of him. And I just think they will not give up on that quite yet. I don't think so. Nor am I sure if Derek Carr's New York City material. I just say that. I mean, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Not everybody is. Not everybody can handle, you know, like, hey, what the fuck you throwing that ball to? And like doing all that all the time and being under that microscope. Which is so funny. Like these athletes live in the middle of nowhere, New Jersey, when they live in New York. Yeah, I know. Like we act like they walk down Broadway and have to deal yeah. with like peddling angry fans. Right. But you no, still. They live in like a neighborhood in like a complex. Oh, they're med- having a bonfire in his backyard yeah. on a Tuesday but night. But the media following is still greater. And if you went sure. in the locker room on a Wednesday in New York Giants, it would be a lot more packed media members than it would be if you went out to the Denver Broncos on a Wednesday. Yes. That'd be no, more. Giants start off one in five and it's the front page of every newspaper like the the Niners start off one and five and like we'll figure it out yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get it around. yeah uh Allen three nine five six eight four three nine people were very upset at the list you put on pro football talk of okay. your top 10 receivers right. in which you had Tyree kill number one right but what a lot of people are upset about I is a guy that's not on the list yeah what Michael Thomas. Yes. Dude, you are a New Orleans hater. How can Michael Thomas not be on the top 10 list? Are you high or just completely clueless? Well, a little bit of both. Josh McNulty comes and says, um, for you not to have Michael Thomas on this list makes the list irrelevant. Brandon Cooks. Yeah, both Belichick and Peyton got rid of him, but what do they know? Okay. And what does McVay know? Is he not the offensive genius of football and wanted him? No. Oh, okay. All right, so, d- yeah, we knew all right. that. Answer. All right, but, but I, Michael Thomas not in the top. Okay, it, it's a tough thing to make a list. Josh, okay? who else is on the list? So the list is one: Tyree Kill, two: Julio Jones, three: Odell Beckham, four: Antonio Brown, five: AJ Green, six: DeAndre Hopkins, seven: Mike Evans, eight: Adam Thielen, nine: Juju, ten: Brandon Cooks. Um, Sorry, we just got a top five running back ranking out of you, and you didn't even know it. I know you did. <laughs> I was actually thinking that as it's I was going, saying it. Do you like how I just quietly yeah. asked you for who's the number? Fifth? Who's number who's five? The Okay, graphic. Uh, All right. Okay, it's hard to make these lists, okay? So he's competing. You had Juju at nine and Cooks at ten. Yeah. So that's who he's competing with. Pretty much. Exactly right. Because eight was Mike Evans. 
Yeah, eight was Mike Evans, right? And I know that you believe that Mike Evans can do more on an island than Michael Thomas can. Yes. But it's really, I think, the Juju Brandon Cooks. You think that's the one that bothers people? Well, I think because, like, I think that a lot of people will go, okay, I could see you putting Thielen over him right now. Right. I could see you putting DeAndre Hopkins. I think that you have A.J. Green at a place that some people t- sometimes pick him lower. But look, when A.J. Green's on, he's incredible. Yes. I think that the debate comes in the 9 and 10 spots, right. which is Brandon Cooks and Juju. Okay, so, like, all right, first of all, everybody's a st- moment of the stats guy, right? I mean, that's that's really what it all comes down to. Look at their fantasy teams. And Juju Smith's stats, for one, are better than Michael Thomas's. Okay? So let me just start there. Um, I like Michael Thomas. Again, these are not indictments on players. Like, so Michael, he's the 11th best wide receiver. I mean, he's yes, he's he's right there in that conversation. Like he he certainly is. Realize I, that in the fantasy community, which I think is the simple way of judging where guys are ranked. Right. Michael Thomas was if you're in a 12 team draft, typically going 14th or 15th. Right. Right around the Keenan Allens, the Devontae Adams, ahead of Mike Evans, ahead right. of So Juju. that just made my point. That just made my point. The Keenan Allens, and who was the other one you said? Devontae Adams. Right, right. Ahead of Mike Evans, right. ahead of Juju. Okay, those three, though, are ahead of all those guys. None of them are those players. None of them are as good. I don't care. Just because their stats are better doesn't mean they're better players. Yeah, the only receivers going ahead I of... I mean, really? Dev- like, come on. That, that's ridiculous. Who was the other name? You said Devontae Adams. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen? Come on. Like, really? Keenan Allen's, he's a real good receiver. Nobody's going like, oh, man, if we don't put our best corner on Keenan Allen, we're going to lose the game against the Chargers. You know, I base a lot, and Michael Thomas is awesome again. I'm trying to say that to people. But see, they're take, with those three guys as an example, you know, you're taking their offense or the situation. Like, yeah, Devontae Adams is Aaron Rodgers' go-to guy. He could be covered like glue, and Aaron Rodgers throws it in his pocket and gets a reception, and we go, whoa, his stat, his fantasy is off the off the wall, except, yeah, he caught a ball in the back end zone that, like, only four people in the history of football could have thrown sidearm fadeaway uh, 40-yard throw into the back left corner of the end zone four inches above a cornerback who's got a 35-inch vertical and raised his arms up, and if he didn't throw it exactly there, the ball goes out of bounds or it gets picked off but we're gonna go we're gonna give Devonte adams all the credit it was a nice catch i yeah. get that but i think that's what we have to take into context like michael thomas is i'd love him to be on my offense but i just wouldn't pick him ahead of these other guys so you would take juju over michael thomas i would because i think juju is capable of doing more after the catch and yeah, that's like, something that's very important to me. And Juju's catch on Sunday was insane. He's insane. a very similar player to Michael Thomas, except he's capable of doing more after the catch. That's really where I separate it. You know, what is it that you do after? Like, a lot of guys can be wide open over the middle and catch a ball. You know, the Saints offense is awesome. I know that. I'm not a Saints hater. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, and I want to be right. I'm rooting for the Saints. I love Sean Payton. I really like Drew Brees. I don't know what else to say. I love their style of football. I'm just trying to have an honest conversation to tell people that Michael Thomas is very good, but he would be another guy, again, that I would tell you when defenses are playing Michael Thomas, they might go, we have to slow Michael Thomas down, but it's not because they're scared of his physical ability. They're going because Sean Payton makes him such a focal point and creates so many things for him within the offense to get completions. Diggs or Michael Thomas? I would go Michael Thomas there. Robert Woods and Michael Thomas. 
I would go Michael Thomas. And all of them have better stats than Michael. My, Robert no, Woods' stats are better than Michael Thomas, right? No, it's, no, they're not. Robert Woods is well. He's got he's got ten less catches, but he's got five more yards. Okay. Michael Thomas is catching eleven point three yards per catch. That's not even in the stratosphere of all these guys we're talking about. Odell's catching eleven point two. Yeah. Okay. But we know why. Yeah. So wait. So are we going to say Odell's not a top God, five? I walked right into that. Well, one. yeah, because you're right. Because like again, we have to take it all. Don't everybody be prisoners of the Tyler moment? Boyd or Michael Thomas. I'm taking Michael Thomas. I, I have great so so Zach Ertz or Michael Thomas. I'm taking Michael Thomas. Now nah, you fucked that one. <laughs> but yes, he's really good. But I'm just saying, like th- teams are not going. Man, if we don't, if when Michael Thomas is lined up outside, if we don't double cover him or do that, then we're in deep trouble. It's just not that kind of thing. And I, again, I have great respect for him, but I do put like fact, like uh, some some analysis into, okay, when he catches a 10-yard ball over the middle, what does he do with it afterwards? And I would say, you know, it's going to be hard to come up with a whole lot of highlight plays of Michael Thomas getting incredible yak plays after Mm. the fact, other than the ones where he catches, like, a wide-open deep cross and then gets to turn it upfield seamlessly and nobody's around him. And, again, I'm not trying to downplay him. I know he's really good. So... I mean, that, that's basically my basis. People have pushed very hard back against my Tyree Kill thing, I'm sure. I mean, whatever. I don't know. People keep coming to me with the weapon. He's just a weapon. Is, what? Isn't that what a freaking receiver is? I don't know. When did Randy Moss become the greatest route runner in the history of the sport? Randy, Ross's, Randy Moss was an average route runner. Average. But he could fly, and he could jump. And when he caught a five-yard pass, you said, oh, gosh, he might run by all of us for 80 yards and a touchdown. There's significance to that. Tyree Kill, when he catches a slant, he doesn't get tackled at the five. He scores a touchdown. Julio Jones hasn't scored a touchdown this year. And they might not get in the end zone. And then they kick a field goal, and I go, man, those four points were pretty big, but Tyreek got in. Tyreek is the best weapon, whatever you want to say he is. I'm just saying he's the most dangerous receiver in football, and that equates to the best receiver in football. You, if, as an ex-quarterback, if you said you could have one guy to run a go route, I'd go, I'll take Tyreek Hill. You can have one guy to throw a slant route to, I'd go, I'd take Tyreek Hill. I could have one guy to do that little in-vogue forward shovel pass where everybody does the speed sweep and you do that, and you go, who's going to do the most with it after? Tyreek Kill. Who can you put a punt, receive, punt returner in the NFL right now to all the receivers, and who would you be scared of the most? Diary kill. Mm. So why doesn't that get included? When we talk about Deion Sanders being one of the greatest corners of all time, we also talk about, yeah, he was an amazing returner too. So he's a great weapon, and he causes so much stress on a defense. That was on my only point, and you don't have to agree that he's number one. I'm just saying for people not to at least put him in the conversation for that, that is ridiculous at this point. There's no, there's no denying it. He is... He is fourth in the NFL in receiving yards. Out of all these big names that we talk about on this list, he has better yards per catch than all of them, and he's tied for first with touchdowns. So, I don't know. What do you you think of the list? You got, like, like seriously. That was really good. I think you forgot Crabtree. But, no, but anybody else on the list? Or you think, like, I really struggled with Hopkins and A.J. Green, of who I should put in front of each other there. You know, I have Hopkins over AJ. You would go Hop. Yeah, it was very tough. I actually wrote Hopkins down first, and then I was like, oh, I think I'm going to switch him, and I yeah. put AJ Green there. What I said the this one? to you before the podcast, yeah. but you had a lot of people in our YouTube comments that came to your defense, 
and, and yeah. brought up the same thing that you said about being a dangerous player. Yeah, and I mean, why isn't he's that not the greatest route runner in the world. I understand that. There's things that other guys do better than him. Well, I was going to say this, is we like visual similarity. Yeah. We like certain positions to look a certain I way. Think you're right. That's part of it. And Tyreek is, I mean, his first year he was a running back. Yeah. Like, he was a running back. Like, I got him on my fantasy team as a running back. Right. So 5'10", 185. And he might be 5'9". Yeah, he might be. But he doesn't, you know, Michael Thomas looks like Keyshawn Johnson, his his cousin or uncle, whatever. Like, he looks like the prototypical number one. Like, Stefan Diggs looks like a beautiful wide receiver. Right. But here comes Tyreek Hill. And you go, you go, but he's not as tall. But my question is, why are we? Why have we overlooked it with Antonio Brown, and we've accepted him as a wide receiver? But I know it's just that's why that's why I came up with this conversation. We got to break ourselves out of these norms sometimes of like this, like it's just it's just, hey, just look at the field. Everybody, trust your eyes. Don't go on fantasy. Like, come on, there's nobody that can really do what he did in that last touchdown of the game last week. Super happy he's on our fantasy team. Jump up in the air, contort, stop at a dead stop. The safety's there to make the tackle. He restarts and he goes around. Like, like nobody. Like, that's that's all I was trying to say. And I don't say everybody has to be one. And I know the Michael Thomas thing was very hard. It really was. I was sat there and I was like, man, because I was sitting here looking at stats and I'm going through yeah. teams and I'm going... Man, as I was doing the list, I go, man, people are going to crap all over me about Michael Thomas. Yeah, you could have easily knocked off Brandon Cooks and nobody would have said anything. Yeah, you you think so? I know. But Brandon Cooks is a phenomenal route runner. He's a little bit more of a deep threat than Michael Thomas. But see, that's why I appreciate you. And that's why I hope the Sims and Lefko fans appreciate you and the listeners. Thanks. Because I stress about it. I knew I had to make this list last night. It was on my shoulders all night. And I got home and I was like, let me... I played ball tag with the kids. You know ball tag? You've talked about it. It's a great game. So I I played that. I helped them with homework. And then the whole time I'm going, man, I got to make this list. I got to make this list. And I was stressing about it. I'm doing it in my head and I'm thinking about it. And then I sit down and I pull up all my information on NFL Jesus. And I look through things and I go, okay, let's start writing some names down here and try to figure this out. And I just wrote Tyreek at one. And I said, damn, I really want to put Odell too, but... I don't think I can say he's number two right now. I think I got to go with Julio. And then I said, okay, Odell's three. It's really close between him and Antonio Brown right now, but I'm going to give it to Odell. I know his stats weren't in their their stratosphere or up the same, but come on. We've talked about it for five weeks in a row that he's been wide open a number of times. Yeah. And he doesn't have a quarterback that throws him. I'm just waiting for the Odell slant that he turns the corner and runs. Yes. He's doing a little LaShawn McCoy right now, where like and Deshaun Jackson sometimes, where he catches it and then he turns and he goes, Who am I gonna juke? Yeah. And it's like, Odell, just keep going. Yeah. Like he he like holds the ball out and he's like, I'm gonna juke it. It's like you're letting everyone catch you. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the the track meet Odell. I know. And I don't think he's totally there yet, too. I I have been trying to say that to people. I don't think he has his total sixth gear yet. I think he only has five and a half right now. Like like you talked about, what was if that? If I listed Alvin Kamara as a wide receiver and we were only doing just weapons, would he be above a lot of well, those guys? 
Weapons list could be a different list. And you just gave us an idea for next week. Coming up be. on the Wednesday podcast next week. That'll be on the Sims and Lefko show next week. That for could sure. be a different list. But All right. what else? Any other pushback from you guys on the receivers things? No. I hope that was a productive conversation. Yeah, I don't want to sound was, angry was or anything. No, I don't. No, because look, we all we all understand what you're saying, and I think that some people value things differently. And we learn this about the quarterback position every year in the NFL draft right. when people feel like you uh, encourage arm strength too much. Right. And we go, yeah, because it's arm strength. Yeah. With Tyreek Hill, you go, yeah, I, I value people that break tackles and are faster than people and can make big plays happen. Right, just look at history. Those are the players that are the people best players. People value consistency. Yes. They love Heinz Ward's 144 catches yeah. more than they love Randy Moss's 20-something touchdowns. You're right. But what's the point? I know. I don't they would either. rather a guy have 12 catches for 90 than a guy have three catches for 163. And like a t- yeah, and which I would go because they go, but he was bigger. more consistent. I go, yeah. yeah, but what's the point of the yeah, game? Yeah, but the three biggest. Do you want to win right. time of possession right. and win first downs, or do you want to score more points? Right, right. And they got to remember too with the Michael. And I Thomas, don't argue with with fools because from the distance people can't tell who's who, and that's how you full circle the Jay Z quote from earlier, and that's what we're gonna wrap. So don't say anything because it's only gonna make it worse. <laughs> Four sips. <laughs> Peace out, homies. Perfect. Good what evening, a, everybody. What a for jerk. the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man, We will jerk. holla, 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 holla at you later. Please go and check out the YouTube show uh, with the Jets and all those guys. Uh, it is a new episode. It's a lot of fun. And we'll be back picking games tomorrow where Sims, for the first time in weeks, made money. Woo, woo, woo! God bless Kyle Shanahan. See you guys. <laughs>